Episode 180 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Katie, I'm going to need you to get your shit together. We just started. We just started. Are you okay over there? What is... Oh, God. Just, just trying to do a podcast here. 180 of these things. Nobody sees you. Nobody sees you having what I assumed was a seizure before you hit the record button. Just figure I'd make so all the noises, too. I look too. like a crazy person. You look like a crazy person normally. But you married me. That's yeah. <laughs> Not everybody always makes the best decisions. Oh goodness! Sometimes the coin flips the wrong way. Shut up! All right, let's uh let's get our sponsor stuff out of the way. Go, if Katie. You are looking for a high quality PVC rack or cage. acrylic cage, acrylic sure. cage, PVC cage, whatever. I don't even know what the cage is. Like sure should be cut or carved. Sure. Look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit lsreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. I feel like the custom part is more like, I feel you get a lot of custom orders on stuff, cage-wise and stuff, people want. So that's where I think people, if, if you want something custom-made, not just a... Cheaply made four by two by two cage that the plastic is super thin and pops out really easily. Uh, and that happens on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And people buy this cage all the time. And now they're making an arboreal one that will do the same thing. The only positive thing is arboreal snakes don't tend to push against the sides. Yeah. If you want a cage that's not that, uh, hit up Robert, which I need to get a rack. I've got to get a rack. I've ran out of space. I've got a snake that's about to have babies. And, oh, yeah. We talked about that. And I got snakes that are need to come out of quarantine. And I realized I don't have space for all of them so i gotta get a rack soon so if anybody out there wants to buy a boa you should buy a boa for me so i can go ahead and buy a rack what uh what snakes about to have babies my rosy boa okay those are easy enough to find space for i got space for rosy boa babies oh yeah that won't be hard as long as she does her normal like have two babies that's what i was just about to say she only ever has two maybe one she's looking really thick right now Really thick. Well, so we'll who see. knows? Maybe uh, now's the time. I have Friday down as the date to be paying attention to see if she has babies. So we shall see. Okay. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. It's L-I-L apostrophe S. Little Shop of Horrors is a small feeder and pet supply business based in San Antonio, and they regularly schedule feeder meetups around San Antonio as well as other neighboring towns and cities. As far as Houston, because again, that's how I got mine. They offer shipping on their feeder insects, ice pods, and are working on starting shipping on their feeder rodents, too. All feeders are raised on a nutritional diet that optimizes the health of the reptiles and amphibians that consume them. Uh, I've been happy with them. Again, I've had some picky snakes that are now eating, which is good. So hit up Lil's Shop of Horrors. They have great rodents. So you remember how we were having issues with those black mice that we had got? And you had, I think you had some issues with them. Yeah. And we had another snake die that ate those. Really? One of Logan's expensive milk snakes. Which did not come from Little Shop of Horrors. No, 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 they did not. Just make sure. Um, so I threw them bitches in the trash yesterday. I don't blame you. Because um, that's three snakes now that have died from those. That, that have, eaten. That have died after eating, eating those, those animals. Yeah. So it's funny. I uh, I, I mean, yeah. I had a Facebook post pop up from years ago. And they were on sale, remember? Oh, that's yeah. That's why we got them. So, Well, I, from, I had a pop, Facebook post pop up from... That company, I was pissed off years ago. I blamed that company for a bunch of my boas dying, which now, now I know it probably wasn't them. It was, uh, what is it? Uh, causation. What is it? Uh, coincidence isn't cause, whatever it is. I think it was a coincidence. It wasn't the actual cause. 
uh, I'd fed a bunch of guinea pigs to some boas and then the boas died. But I think now, years later, I know that it was most likely something like NIDO or one of the other viruses that got into my collection and killed yeah. all my boas um, years and years ago, which I no longer have that. I in was going to say That's, that was that was. Oh, man, that was like before Joe. Yeah, somewhere around before Joe, yeah. Yeah, that was before Joe. Um, But it was funny. That post came up the other day where I was like pissed off at that company. And then like now I'm like, yeah, it probably wasn't their fault on that one. That was, that was definitely me bringing in snakes from other collections and not quarantining like you should. So uh, just a friendly reminder, quarantine your shit, folks, just uh, just to help you all out. Uh, Herp's Reptile Shows. We've got the Conroe Show coming up in two weeks. Oh, shit. Two weeks? Is that right? Mm. No, three, three weeks. weeks. Three weeks. Oh, okay. Because we have One, this weekend. Two. No, it's two and weeks then from this weekend. Oh, yeah. it's, it's two weeks from Saturday. Yeah. Okay. We have this weekend, and then we have next weekend, which is a three-day weekend from school, and then we have Conroe. <sighs> Time before Joe <laughs> doesn't freak, exist. We freaked out, Lewis. I promised your rodents are great. We weren't talking about you. Little yeah. Shop of Horrors are amazing. They really are. I love my rodents. Yes. It makes me very happy to open my freezer and see like rodents in there. Yeah. I, it, it's a happy feeling. But then I don't I, know, but, but, but then I feed out and realize, oh shit, I have to feed out a lot of these. Uh, this shit's getting expensive. So, by the way, again, if anybody wants to buy a boa, uh, please, please buy a boa. So your dad's in the chat, and uh, time before Joe was time that we had to ourselves. Yeah, he said time before Joe doesn't exist. No, it did, and it was happier times. It wasn't me sitting at a school until five forty-five to pick her up. I say happier. It wasn't happier times. It was just times where I had. I don't. Want to, I didn't even have more money. I can play video games by myself, but now I have to play video games with her. <laughs> She's right there. That's good. She it's can hear fine. me. Fuck her. So it's funny. God bless her. We've no, been giving her so, shit since so she our, got home. Our kid, yes, our yes. kid made the volleyball team. The A team. She made the, the A team. We found out today she made the A team. I'm learning all about all. I have faith in you, Joe. And we both, <laughs> and we both, uh, we both told our daughter that we just don't see it. We don't understand how she made that team, and that we we've never seen athletic ability or whatever. But we made sure to understand that we hope we're wrong. And we're there to support her, and we'll cheer her on. Oh, I've already got a well, shirt. Well, she came design. out honestly. Yeah, oh, Katie, I yeah, know. <laughs> I have no athletic ability. I, t- That's I told what her she's. Saying. I told her earlier she's welcome mm-hmm. because she's tall. Yeah, thanks to me. Definitely. Uh, they got her team. Definitely. But she, she did make it a good point, and she told me this on the first day of tryouts when she came out. She said, "I think I did better than a lot of the other girls because I was coachable, and they listened to me." Yep. And I don't she think said, she knows what that word means. No, I just don't think she can listen to the two of us. Logan the same way. Fucking Everybody kid. tells us how awesome he is and how he is great when he's yes, with us. He really is. He's can be a big time fucking jerk to me ninety percent of the time. Well, I've seen it. I've been. Around. Yeah. <laughs> he's nice when you're around, Katie. <laughs> yeah, it's Maybe different. It's just me then. It's, it's different. But uh, but on top of that, we we do hope that she does well. And so, but I've still, got my, I've got my. I'm, in fact, our guest tonight loves my kid. I, uh, and uh, our kid. I just, I, I told, yeah, for sure. I told, I told Joe. I said I'm just preparing myself for so when we're in the stands and other parents go, "Who's that kid that's not moving and hitting the ball?" I can go, "Yeah, that's mine." I, 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 I but I hope that I'm wrong. No. I even mentioned yesterday to Logan that it was Sam's birthday, and uh, he said, "Tell him I said happy birthday." So I specifically Aww. sent Sam a message. How sweet! Yeah, that's Sam and Logan got along. They mm-hmm. are. They're buddies. Because Logan didn't call him names like he calls Robert. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't really call me names. Oh, to my face! Like this is this is like hate on our kid day. Like what? I'm not hating. I'm very proud of my kid. I am. We took her to dinner and everything. It just happened to be on our anniversary. Fucking kids, ruin all the fun. Where'd y'all go? Honorees. Oh, it's like it's my new favorite place. It's pretty good. I mean, because it, it's the seafood it I is get good, is good for me. It's good Texas Cajun food. 
Yeah. <laughs> just need to put. I'm gonna have to give it another shot because I only ate there once and I didn't. Was but not, the problem is, what that was probably five years ago. Don't oh, get yeah. don't get the. Uh, well, you don't eat like crawfish or anything, so I do. Do you? Eat, I like their seafood gumbo, but you got to put potato salad in it. Don't get their pistolets. It's gonna be a huge letdown. No, no don't make that face. Put potato salad but I don't in like your potato seafood salad, gumbo. Period. I, so. I don't put potatoes. I put rice in my gumbo. Yeah, wrong. But no, they're uh, they're pistolets. It's it's a roll where they like cut a hole in it and then injected the. It's not fried in there. Like no. it's yeah, it's a letdown. But everything else. Let's is bring our guest in. She I know they're. Hold on, we gotta get to the. We, she's she'll be fine. She's she's waited this long to be on the show, even though I thought she was on the show I forever ago. I thought you had had her. I know. We, we'll get to her. Let me. Uh, Herb's reptile shows. We have Conroe again. We started. This was like an hour ago. Conroe is in two weeks. Yes. Two weeks do, from Saturday. Dos, dos Wicos. Yes, that is not at all. Años, that's ears. I don't know weeks. You haven't gotten to that part of Duolingo? Duolingo, no, I missed that. You may have. I just haven't played in a while. Uh, Baton Rouge show, September 16th and 17th, which was in Gonzales. Waco, Texas, October 21st, 22nd. Lake Charles, November 4th, November 5th, up to West Monroe, Louisiana, November 18th, November 19th. Austin, Texas, December 2nd, December 3rd. Are we going to Austin? I don't know. We'll see. Have you found that house again? Uh, I'm going to go look. Actually, I'll just keep doing that and I'll look. Because I want to go find more more stuff. Go find me another blind Cedar snake. Park. That was a cool house. Uh, what were the dates of the show again? They are December 2nd and December 3rd. Okay. Slidell, Louisiana, December 9th, December 10th. And then Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, January 13th and 14th. Robert will not be there. Okay. He's not going to Oklahoma. No. We have no reason to go there anymore. Our buddy is now in Texas. We're not going to Oklahoma. So suck at Oklahoma. They're not really listening. They don't have the technology up there to listen to podcasts, so no one up there hears this. I feel like the, I, I I moved to Texas, and now I just have to hate on Oklahoma. That was I think how that works. It's the rule. Are you okay, Robert? Yeah. <laughs> if anybody's yeah. wondering what that small baby elephant noise was, it was me trying not to call. <laughs> yeah. it, it did not work. <laughs> now it's like in my, the top of my head. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. So my dad said I need to find some brisket in Austin. I think we can probably find some. Yeah, we have a place. It's called um... Fuck. Oh, it's called Fuck. That's called. where I want to go. <laughs> Going to Fuck Barbecue. It's called a Style Switch Barbecue. <laughs> it's really good barbecue. Uh, we've taken. I need. I need like an Asian barbecue place. P H U K. Fuck Barbecue. There's a. Um, Welcome to Fuck Barbecue. There's a. Bring our a, guest in. A pho place. It's like. Uh, it's called Fucking. Like, yeah, well, we a ate it at Sofa King. Sofa yeah. King, good burgers. Yeah, I'm down with that. It's in Chattanooga, and their peanut butter and jelly burger was the bomb. It was. It was a burger. Uh, before, real quick, VivTech. Also, if you're looking for LED UV bulbs, reach out to VivTech and use code Gumbo22 and save 15 percent on your order. Go get some LED bulbs. If you have anything that needs LED lights, get them from VivTech. Don't get anybody else. All those guys suck. Also, our buddies at Viv. Did you see the what Ryan posted? How you really feel? Yes, I do. Those leucistic garters. Yeah, those blue-eyed leucistic garter snakes. Crazy looking. Yeah, those are pretty. Speaking of garter snakes, let me go ahead and bring our guest in because she has garter snakes. It's Brittany Reed of Reed's Rags. Hey, Brittany. Hey guys. Welcome to the show. Finally, even though I thought we had you on forever you. ago. I blame. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I blame Katie. Likely story. Why the hell are my? Why are you blaming and, me? And when we say reads racks, it's R H A C. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's, Rachidactylus, yeah. right? Let me say it. Yeah. 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 Rachidactylus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I first started, uh, fifteen years ago or whatever, uh, crested geckos were still in Rachidactylus. So, and as the gateway drug, they are for so many. They were my gateway drug. So that's why my <laughs> name is still Reads Rex. Are they not Rachidactylus anymore? 
No, they're not. Did that group kick them out because they're fucking stupid and they're like, look, we don't want to be <laughs> associated with these probably, morons. That's that's exactly what happened. They got they you know they got together and they said, hey, these these guys. Le- they need, they, they like, need their own genus. Leeches were like, um, these fuckers literally lick walls, so you're gonna get them out of here. <laughs> I still can't believe. Hey, pot kettle, James, pot kettle. I just don't understand how how they're alive. I, every time, I'm still amazed that. I mean, have you seen how many ball pythons are at, at the, any given show? That how but many I, more brain cells do they have? I feel like we've made them them dumber. I feel like breeding through ball pythons has made them dumber. I feel like wild ones are probably not that dumb. But I don't think we could have done this to Cresties. I think they're just dumb. They just uh, they yeah. leap out into the midair and they're like, mine today in class. Did he fall? So he, he's he's the, he's getting used to the kids again because we're a weekend, and so he's out more. He's not just hiding from them, and so he was on, huh? I'd hide from them. I mean, yeah, the bearded dragon still is like what? The not hell? even if I was Where a reptile, I just me? literally would want to hide from them right now. But he, um, so he was on the back wall, and I tossed a couple crickets in for him today, and so he leaped. And like splatted across the front of the glass and then slid down to get the, like, it was the most awkward, <laughs> I'm going to catch this cricket I've ever seen in my life. Stupid lizards. The kids like jumped on the table next to his cage because they were like, didn't know what was going on. I'm just surprised he leaped, he leaped and actually like got some, like landed oh, on yeah. something and just thud onto the bottom of the cage. Oh, oh no. He landed smack on the glass and then literally, because we just sprayed the tank too. So then he like slid down the the glass because it had water I mean, don't get me wrong. it. I think they make great pets for uh for especially like when you compare it to like a bearded dragon. Oh yeah. I think cresties are amazing because you don't need the external heat like that. You really can get away without UV. If you want to use UV you can. But you can they, they really can do a lot without suffering. It's just when you hold them, they just jump into the midair. They're just like fuck it and go. Like they don't even aim <laughs> for anything. It's 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 a true story, James. I can't argue with you. I, I, they they take a leap of faith, and they they have no idea where they're going. I I, I, I work with a lot of New Caledonian geckos, like six or seven species. They are the only one that does that. <laughs> None of the rest of them will just leap into midair. There has so. to be a reason we thought they were extinct, because like they probably should. They're like pandas. They're the pandas of the lizard world. Like pandas should be fucking extinct. Every video you see of a panda is of it falling over and rolling and just doing stupid shit. That's crested geckos. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's endearing to some of us, right? That, uh, you know, fall they're for little, the goofy. They're a little goofy special. Stuff. I just, as someone yeah. who also loves the idea, like the, how evolution works and the evolution of animals and all, I still don't understand their fucking tail. My, my, one of my parents was funny at, at me, the teacher. He was like, yeah, we got one of those. What kind of butt does it have? And like turned to the kid. She's like, it's called frog butt dad. He lost his tail. Like the dad was so like, but of, I don't know what we're doing with this thing, but it lives at my house situation. But of all lizards to it lose a so tail, funny. it uses its tail as a like an extra limb to hold on to right. stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, no, we don't grow that shit back. I'll need it. If we lose it, we don't. We're good. Because like other New Caledonian lizards grow tails back, right? Yeah, yeah, almost all of the geckos do. Yeah, it's just oh that God. dumbass. <laughs> it's jumping off of yeah, trees I, I, and losing body parts. <laughs> I can't really figure out the adaptation, uh, the, the necessity for not growing your tail back. Didn't you and Gonzo have like a two-hour discussion about Probably. this one night? It's just, it's just the idea that like if it didn't actually ever use it to hold on to stuff, if it just, if it was just a balance thing or whatever, and it just, I get it. But I've watched them use their tail to hold on to a branch. Like it's oh, a yeah, functional thing. It's prehensile, 100%. Mm-hmm. 
But then I hear people talk about, yeah, we walked into the room and shut the door too loud and its tail fell off. I'm like, I don't know how. I don't know how mine still has its tail. What kind of animal is that? Like, I'm, it surprises me. Honestly, in captivity, they don't lose their tails nearly as much as people think. Like, I breed a lot of morning geckos and, well, they, you know, do their thing and they reproduce very quickly. So you end up with a a ton very quickly. But um, those things will drop their tail if you look at them wrong. Really? But uh, seriously, yeah. Oh, you, 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 you gave me side eye. There goes my tail. But um, <laughs> crested geckos, I've I've been breeding them for like 15 years, and I've had less than I could probably count on my fingers how many I've had drop their tails. I wonder oh, wow. if I wonder if the number because you see a lot at at shows though for sale, like from breeders who want to sell like these frog butlers. I wonder how many of them lost their tail while being sexed. Because don't you kind of have to hold their tail out of the way and look at it? You do. Um, you kind of have to, the, the best way that most of us do it is kind of hold them up against a clear deli lid and use a loop to, to yeah. try to look for pores. I've actually never had one lose its tail while I was, uh, sexing it. Um, she knows I think what a she's lot of, doing. yeah, well, I mean, it took, a, I've had a lot of experience. I do now. Um, but everybody has to start somewhere. Um, but I think a lot of, uh, keepers that, especially that breed in high volume, they, they'll keep multiple babies together and the babies will, uh, you know, see a tail, sticking out from under a leaf or whatever that's in the enclosure and think it's a bug and go for another one's tail. And I think that's how a lot of the ones, especially the people that produce a lot and have to keep them together. I think that's how they probably lose their tails. Well, and you got into Cresteds before the huge craze now when it was not, I did. when it was not the thing, when you didn't go to shows and see, and again, I've told you this before and I'm right. not at you, but every middle-aged woman who was like, I can be lizards. <laughs> it's like every middle-aged woman at a Crested gecko. I don't know what it is. They all seem similar. But you were in there before that when they were like not as popular and they were everybody was right. running and there weren't all these morphs that were insane that I say morphs. It's it's a weird thing. Absolutely. But because they're, they're traits. Mostly yeah. there's only a few actual morphs. Right. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was. In fact, w- when I first started, it, it was I was always hoping there was at least one crusted uh, gecko vendor when I went to a show. Sometimes there wouldn't be any. And now we did a show this weekend. Um, and uh, Robert can confirm there were probably. It was probably 50% ball pythons and another of the uh, 50%, half of those were probably crested gecko people, right, Robert? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you were looking for so, ball pythons or crested geckos, this was your weekend. I guess it's for sure. The only positive to them, I mean, they're basically chickens of the lizard world. Uh, the only positive to them is that it's cut down on the amount of bearded people breeding bearded dragons because they're so fucking easy to breed. And, right. And if anybody that's owned a bearded dragon, as great as a pet it can be, we know that it's not a great beginner lizard just set up alone. So right. that's one bonus. I and guess that's why I, a lot of them end up in bad situations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we've only ever bought one bearded of the probably eight we've ever owned. And she's about to sneeze. <laughs> right. Same here. Yeah. So and, and the one bearded we bought, bought for 40 bucks because basically i bought the tank that it was in oh no the one we bought was expensive and was an asshole the only one we've ever had was an asshole and he's the one we bought and finally at one point we're like fuck it let's just get rid of this thing but no the one you have right now was given to us as as a gift but prior to that every every other one is an adult like that's at one point we had like four uh 55 gallon tanks because they all at one point came with a bearded dragon yeah james that's a rat snake huh Mm. Yes. Okay, I thought so. It's right here, Manville. It's on our group. Yeah, it's harassing. Um, so I guess that's the one good thing. But the, the, the thing is, for someone like you who breeds, it, 
It's a fucking pain. The good thing is you did the smart thing, and it's what I tell a lot of folks that are ball python breeders. That's fine. If you want to breed ball pythons, whatever. But you got to find something else. You got to find the oddball stuff that you think is cool because it will sell. And you have a lot of oddball stuff that I think is really cool. I just I'm not a small lizard person as much as I love some of those small lizards. Like I think those little viper geckos are the coolest fucking thing on earth. They are really cool. And they are really cool. And I may get an adult at some point because I I fucking love those things. Yeah. But you they are really cool. And I've 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 had to do a ton of marketing for those guys because uh, nobody knew what they were when I first started bringing them to shows. And I've had in fact this weekend I've had about five or six people say. I always come to look at your Viper geckos. Nobody else I've ever seen had Viper geckos. So, you know, it is, I mean, and the thing for me, one, I did want to, um, you know, I saw where the market was going and uh, business savvy enough to say, you know, I want to to work with some other things because this is not going to be the, the thing for, for long. I mean, I got into it because I fell in love with these, you know, lizards. But a uh, lucky thing for me is that I love everything. So um, <laughs> I'm always like... Just naturally, and I only work with things that I really am passionate about. Um, so it's not just for me, like what's the next big thing. Um, I only work with things that I'm passionate about. But I'm, I'm, I just fall in love with almost everything. Um, so it's very easy for me to kind of find the next, the next thing that I want to work with, um, because I, I can't, I can't even, I can't even pick snakes or lizards, dude. It's, it's difficult. <laughs> well, like lizard wise, you've got some really. Every time I come over to your place. Uh, there's something new and like, that's really cool looking, but so you had Cresteds, but then it's a weird area. Cause most people, they, they go Cresteds and then maybe they either go gargoyles or they go leeches, mm-hmm. but, and, and you've done kind of both, but that's not really your overall direction you've gone in. No, no. In fact, I've actually pared down now to where I only, this year I only, um, paired, um, five, groups of crusties and one pair of gargs um and just a few um uh leeches and chewies um so i would say you know that's actually the minority now of of what i'm doing i've kind of branched on all kinds of uh different geckos and anoles um big one is anoles i love any like I, I, there's a few species, uh, arid species that I, I've really just fallen in love with. Most of my stuff is uh, tropical and arboreal. So I just really love those kind of setups and just watching arboreal animals and like the emerald tree skinks that, that you got from me. Those are those are super fun to watch and interact mm-hmm. with. Yeah. And that's really kind of the thing that I go for. We, we just gave them some crickets a few minutes ago. We got to watch one of them jump off and catch a black soldier fly oh, yeah. out of the air a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. We, we heard and, it flying and, around in there and James and I kept watching because it had its head it's, poking up out of the cork tube and it kept uh-huh. inching its way out and inching its way out and then i turned my head to look at the screen and james actually saw it i yeah. turned around to see it kind of catching itself crunching on the soldier fly yeah they are fast when they want to be they still don't yeah, want me to touch are. them at all not even close but you can put in a cup with crickets and they'll like come into the cup while you're holding it and grab crickets and run off i'm telling you, the, the, the one thing they remind me the most of is those little green dinosaurs from the second jurassic park movie yeah <laughs> they're just like those little guys yeah. that, that ended up eating that guy alive <laughs> and I swear, if I had like a hundred of them, they would do You're it. Not wrong. They're, uh, they're. I don't know. I don't know, man. I've had to manhandle mine every, you know, a few times to try to sex them or whatever, and they have never tried to bite me, even when I manhandle them. I, I, I think you'd be okay. I can't get a hold of mine. They, they just don't like me. I think mine are defective. I don't because <laughs> Well, of course, I gave you the defective ones, dude. Because like Robert, so what? What stores that you went to that they would come out and run out? Several people? years ago, at at um. 
the bio dude, they had a couple, mm. they had a, like four of them in an enclosure and they would open the door and Logan could put his hands up like, you know, one on each side of the enclosure right. and they would run out up across his shoulders and back down his arm and then back in the enclosure. Nope. Nope. Not even close. Yep. Not even. My, mine, mine do that. In fact, if I don't, if I don't, if I'm in a rush, I kind of have to very quickly put the bugs in there and try to hold him back from getting on me. Cause I have one that will do that every single time. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Bernie. So Logan was given a breeding colony of decays brown snakes yesterday. Oh, that is really cool. He I've always th- so thought I would like to work with those little little dudes. Uh, I feed them worms. She gave them a uh, yeah, but dude, it's so easy. Yeah, if you can get them yeah. eaten, uh, they were already eating. They're, oh, were they? They're an established colony. At a ring neck that I tried once to get, eat. I could never get the thing to. Eat. These are from Illinois. Mm-hmm. There's like one that's like brick red. Um, I'm saying in Louisiana where we lived, we would have like six different phenotypes. One, yeah. It was the one in the backyard by the garage. It was red. That I was always afraid I was going to kill with the lawnmower. They were, they're super cool. Uh, one of them was out basking on top of a plant today, just all curled up and Logan got it to take a worm out of his hand. They're a super unappreciated, uh, underappreciated snake. I agree. Uh, yeah. one because of the, well, they're, they're a lot like Cressy's in the fact that a lot of the, pa- it's, it's not morph. There's just a lot of variability in them as a population. Yeah. So right. you can get so much variability out of just a, a litter. They're live birth. Yeah. Live yeah. Birth. Live birth. Um, but it'd be very interesting to see if he can yeah. get some babies and if he can get them eating. Yeah. Uh, that'd be very interesting to get some babies. Uh, eating. Well, she, the one ate right out of his hand today. That's awesome. Um, he got a 2.2 and. How do you sex those fuckers? Um, I don't know. She said she's gotten two litters from this group. She has no idea who the parents are because you just open it up one day and pick up a piece of cork bark. And, and oh, look at these little, little tiny worms. One inch long babies in here. Um, she said she just leaves them in there until they get big enough to take out. I can see that. I would probably do that. Um, Something like that. Because it's a, she's it's in like a front opening uh, exoterra. Like That's like my the 40 gallon. I leave my rubber bow as well paired one died. But the other pair lives. I mean, they live together. Yeah. And I'm probably going to do that their entire life. And then and one day I'll have babies. He went and cleaned out all of his failed isopod. The ones that had crashed on him. Yeah. He's like, Dad, I got all that cork bark. I'm just going to put it all in there. The other one with decays, you can't really put them in a rack. No. Because no. they will squeeze out of oh, any yeah. crack. No. And they're cool because they move around and um, you have to keep like damp moss in there. And yeah. You put it under a hide. And that's where three of them were today. So that'd be a cool thing if you can get that going. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing that I was, you know, it's and, a lot. And their room temperature. Yeah. Um, they can handle if your house gets cold or if it gets hot. I mean, they. They're super hardy, super, and everything I've read about them, they're super easy to keep once they're eating. Well, and we'll get back to lizards in a second, but Brittany has a similar project with garters. You've got melanistic garters, which are also an I underappreciated. I, yeah, garters in general, I think, um, which is one of the reasons that I kind of have been working on that project, that I've, which I've been really enjoying. Um, but I'm, I'm working on getting quite a few different species of garters, and actually, um, speaking of uh, uh, your, your, the people that you got the decays from ha- just the finding the babies. Um, I am actually officially uh, a garter snake breeder now. Um, oh. I had what I thought was a, uh, a two females who I didn't think were old enough to breed, um, <laughs> in a tank by themselves and, uh, went to change water last week and there were a couple of babies underneath the water bowl. So, nice. uh, I didn't even think she yeah, I didn't even think she was old enough to breed, but apparently one of the uh, the ones that was sent to me as a female was a male, and uh, yeah, I officially have garter babies now. They, uh, I, I kind of got baby garters once. So when I first started working at the zoo in Louisiana, 
we had one building that was set up and it was all native stuff and it was really kind of a rotating thing it was pretty much anything we found we kind of put on there were some toads in there and we had like a box turtle and um so everybody's like y'all don't you didn't quarantine it was not really a building for quarantining they were all wild caught stuff that kind of was just a show native stuff and i found a huge garter on on grounds at the zoo that i put in there when i looked at her when i first called her, i was like this bitch is pregnant she's got to be and so one day i went in there checking on everything and there were these tiny little babies all over and i'm sitting there like playing like trying to find easter eggs it's just like lifting stuff trying to see if i can find baby garter snakes <laughs> yeah um, but they are super small when they come out yeah they oh. are pretty tiny he was trying to he yeah. was trying to get them out of the tub yesterday to put them in the enclosure after we got it set up and just chasing them around the tub trying to get them without hurting them uh two of them are really chill yeah and two of them are not you know, they like flail around. Do they musk on you? Because that shit smells horrible. None of horrible. these yet. She said, I've only ever had one do it. Blake you were there. Yeah, I was there. And it was horrible. Yeah, I know. I'd have ride the truck with you for Unlike like garters, who <laughs> every garter I've ever picked up was like, nah, I'll go ahead and musk on you just for fun. Yeah, so the melanistics that you were talking about, James, those are some of the, my favorite um, that I'm working with so far um, because they are super chill even as babies and they, they have yet to musk on me and I have a fairly sizable group of them and none of them have ever musk on me. So, That's awesome. and, and also they look like tiny indigos. What is not to love about that? That's right. Amazing. They're just really cool snakes. I would say the, the ones that Ryan McVeigh posted of those blue, blue eyed leucistics looked amazing. Mm. Like little blue eyed leucistic garters. Those are awesome. Yes. And I'm not usually there, a big see, fan. There's of a leucistic. lot of really cool morph stuff that's coming up in garters now that, that is really just getting started, but there's, I mean, it's like, it, it, I think it could be the next ball python, which I hope it doesn't quite get there. But I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot that we don't know yet. And there's a lot that we're finding out right now. You know, unfortunately, the one thing that will keep that from happening, and it's the same for the decays, is they don't eat rodents, right? Yeah. Garters, you gotta go get fish and do all the other things for them. And they don't, well, they do of, as adults. It's just the babies yeah. that you kind of have to do this special diet. Then that's, that's the problem. If they don't start out on little pinky mice, yeah. then the masses won't do it. And, and look, I'm, I'm guilty of those things I like where I'm like, I like feeding mice. I don't really feel like dealing with that shit. So I don't do it. Um, but that that's what causes something to get big. That's the what's going to cause something like garters or decays not to catch on. But that's fine. I don't think they yeah. need to. I think, yeah, I think right. those are species that you can produce enough in a year and still sell every single one of them no problem once they're born. Right. And like I said, that's I think that's what people if you want to breed animals, breed snakes or whatever, and you want to breed the common stuff, that's fine. But but branch out and find other stuff, because I think a lot of folks don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they like because they haven't seen it. Well, and I am getting right. more and more people requesting cages for uh, more obscure species lately. Yeah, less, less and less ball python racks and more and more um, old world rat snakes and um, things like that. Well, and like that, I've I've said before, I make fun of all pythons, but the one thing they do is they do bring people in the hobby, and they do advance the hobby. Tons of stuff that we have in the hobby is due to ball pythons, bunch of the uh, equipment and all that due sure. to ball pythons. Um, but a lot of folks just, just they need to find out. Now, there's a double sided sword, a double edged sword to this. What I can't do sayings tonight. My brain is not fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's not working. But a lot of these obscure species that are neat, unfortunately, are also on flipper tables. Or importer mm-hmm. tables, and a lot of them have are imports because they just aren't overly readily available in the hobby, and because the captive version of that is four hundred dollars more than what it is on that table, as it should be, because someone put the time into it. Like when we had April uh, Linkfield on, and we talked about the um, house snakes, the house snakes, and the um, file snakes, file snakes, right? Yeah. Those should be, be they should cost more. She's put time into them. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of folks 
will see these animals that we like, they get them and they die and they go, oh, I don't want to do that. That's a hard animal to take care of. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when you've got an adult decay snake that's eating no problem right now, right? So obviously if it's set up right and if it started right, that's a great pet. Or garters, once you get them going and they're older, they're a great pet. So I think that's a problem is that some of these people do branch out to try some of these other things. So they just don't try it the right way. And then they go, well, it's right. just not an easy animal to take care of. Right, right. And that's that's kind of a... Um I think there's a, a line there, James, because if we didn't have people importing, we wouldn't have any of this cool stuff to work to put in mm-hmm. people's hands who can do a good job with it, right? Correct. But as a as a pet, it, my my personal stance on on wild caught stuff and imported stuff is that it should be bought by people who are going to work it, not as a pet. Um, work projects with these animals and try to get them captive bred so that we can offer them as pets. Um, see if you know what what kind of humidity do they need what kind of you know people that know how to work with them and and adjust things and listen to what the animals are telling them you know that's the kind of people that we need buying these animals and you're setting up somebody for failure and oftentimes because of the price point it is somebody that's new to the Mm -hmm. hobby wanting to get an animal and you're setting them up for failure selling them a wild cut skink or you know iguana or whatever the case may toke gecko um but when they're when they're new and they don't know how to adjust and how to you know treat an animal that's going to be stressed, going to be probably malnourished, probably going to have parasites, um, and the people most of these people are not telling them that either. They're not telling them, yeah, buy this twenty dollar lizard so you can go home and deal with all these things. So right. yeah, I think that turns people off, and um, so you know it's it's a fine line. We have to have people bring stuff in, but I, I really don't like it when I see sulcatas go out the door for oh. fifty bucks. You know. Well, and, you know, we've talked before how we price ourselves out of some of the expensive stuff. Like, we always bring up the Bolins. We kind of price ourselves out of a hobby as being able to try and get those into the right hands because people can't afford a $10,000 snake, even if they could possibly breed it, whatever. And on the other end of this, we kind of price ourselves out of that, too, because we we go in and someone who wants to buy their first reptile goes to a reptile show and they walk up to a table and whatever it is on a table is 20 bucks. Fuck yeah, they're going to buy that. It's 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks and I can have a reptile because they're not thinking... I want this one species because I've researched it because they're not they didn't fucking research it. Uh, and I really wanted this and I'm going to go try and find that one. They're walking around trying to find the cheapest thing because they want to own a reptile at the cheapest price. And that's a problem. So even the, the Reddies, pro- that in and of itself is a problem. Well, yeah. And the Reddies here, they, they said yeah, they have the same story all the time with wild caught chameleons. Someone buys a wild caught chameleon because it's cheap mm-hmm. and then it dies and they go, well, chameleons are hard to keep. We haven't killed this fucker yet. You know, <laughs> it's a captive bred chameleon and it's taken care of. so i mean they're not hard to keep they're just if you get one in that's already weak they're probably gonna right. die uh, right and the people that are buying an animal like that are not going to want to set it up in a, in a big enough screen cage with uvb lighting and a mister system you know yeah so right and so unfortunately we kind of do that too. So, so i think maybe we more people more experienced people need to it's, it's hard for me to say this because I don't want things off those tables either because I have the same worry of mites and, and right. disease. Right. And, you know, I have good friends that do that. So it, 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 it's, it's a difficult thing, right? You don't even want to say it. Like, it's a yeah. difficult thing. We need them, but we don't want other people to buy them, which is a little bit hypocritical. And so it's kind of rough, but it, it may be better for some of the more experienced people to, when you're at a reptile show, go visit some of those tables, see what's on them and go, man, that's kind of cool looking and learn about it. And maybe you can be the person that can figure that one exactly. out exactly yeah exactly like absolutely I've, I've started and, hearing and that's kind of another reason that i kind of like to do some obscure stuff is 
you know, I, look, I love bearded dragons and iguanas and things like that. Of course, we're thankfully past the iguana thing, but oh. um, bearded dragons are get put in front of a lot of people as this is the pet reptile that you can have. This is the one. If you don't want this, then you can have a ball python. But if you don't want a snake, it's a bearded dragon. And that is what's, you know, put in front of people. And bearded dragons are fantastic animals, but they are not generally for a beginner who hasn't done any research and doesn't want to spend a ton of money. Um, so putting, getting things, I like to, to work with things, get them established, learn how they work. And most of the things I sell are pretty easy to take care of. Um, but you just have to know how to do it. So I like to, I like to, as a, you know, of course we, you know, talk to people and, and try to educate them on these things. And there's only so much you can do to that for, with that. But I like to put other things in front of people that make also, you know, super interesting and fun pets that they would maybe never have heard about before yeah. if I hadn't captive bred it. Um, which you mentioned the Viper geckos. That's a great example. Cause I've talked to a ton of people who had never even heard of Viper geckos and I've sold, over a hundred of them last year. And I get pictures all the time from people that have bought them. They just love them. And um, so we have a, a mutual friend who sent me a picture recently. They just had their first babies uh, from them and they were over the moon. So, um, you know, and those, none of those people probably would have them if I hadn't, you know, cause there's so few people working with them if I hadn't bred them. So seeing, seeing that and seeing other people get to have fun with something that I've, you know, been breeding and, and I can give them information on it and seeing that get, reciprocated and and that goes down the road and other people are now having babies that they'll sell and get more people interested. That's really the whole reason why I do this. You know, um, my passion for it and seeing other people get passionate about stuff that isn't just bearded dragons and ball pythons. And not that I don't have love for those animals too, but there's all kinds of cool stuff out there. So, uh, Jason Moore asked, are Viper geckos communal? Uh, they are, uh, females are communal. Um, so just like with most lizards, uh, males will generally fight each other for territory, but, but you can have uh, multiple females. In fact, my, my main breeding colony is, uh, four females and one male. So they had, they always, they've got, gotten along perfectly for years now. So that's one thing, again, I, I think you do is, is kind of the oddball stuff. Uh, the Viber geckos are cool. Our other friend, April, who used to be on here. Had the, the only time I've ever seen barking geckos, which are a cool little gecko. Right. Um, those are very cool. That people don't seem to have. Uh, and then you also have those chameleon geckos, which oddly enough, so you had the chameleon gecko on your table. And then I, I was clearing out some old podcast episodes, mm -hmm. and I, I apparently have done way too many episodes because there was an episode of when I did pint sized reptiles or where we talked to somebody about chameleon geckos. And I completely forgot I knew anything about chameleon geckos. I still don't know anything about them other than every time I see it on, on Britney's table, it looks fake. It just doesn't move. It looks like a little fake toy because it's straight and just sitting there. Yeah. Somebody told me that this weekend, James, actually. They were like, is that a toy? It looks like no, one. It's, it's, yeah, I know. It but does. It, you're, it's you're not wrong. A, it's a cool little gecko, though. Like, it's not flashy. It's not tons of colors. It's not overly cryptic, although in the right situation, it definitely is. Um, but it's a cool little gecko and it is, it's a super, it's a slow moving, easy to handle, very hardy, easy to take care of. They're cool geckos. They're really cool. The ready said the captive bred Viper gecko should be established in the hobby because they're amazing and they should be. There's, there's a lot of things that aren't established in the hobby because of, well, crested geckos, right? Crested geckos take up a lot of people's space because that, that's what they want to breed because that's what they think everybody wants. But I mean, I've been to shows and don't get me Brittany will sell a crested gecko, but so will 15 or 20 other tables. 
And so no one actually made any money on Crested Geckos that weekend because <laughs> everyone sold a Crested Gecko. Right. But you'll sell the yeah, other so stuff. Say, right. And and there's not that much project stuff like there is with all pythons, right? There's a little bit more now than there were a few years ago. But, um, you know, so people are not really buying for project stuff. They're just buying mostly to breed, maybe for certain traits or whatever, but um, mostly just for pets. So, you know, the, there's if there's, you know... 5,000 people walk through the door. There's not, you know, and, and 20 crested gecko vendors. Um, yeah, the, you spread the pull out of people. It's definitely, uh, definitely sell fewer. But, you know, that that's okay. I mean, I think we, crested geckos are awesome and um, they're really fun to work with. But we do have too many of them in the hobby right now, just like we have too many ball pythons. And that will course correct, you know, over time. We, we go through these cycles with all kinds of different things and sure. they always eventually course correct. Well, and the good thing about it, if you, if people diversify in their, what they sell and what they breed is someone comes in there looking for a crested gecko, walks to your table, but then sees maybe a gargoyle or then sees the viper geckos or then sees the chameleon gecko or, or any of the other things on your table and they, re- they didn't realize existed, but the crested brought them to the table and then they may realize that's not the actual lizard I want. This little thing is way cooler and go that route. Right. right. And I, I actually thought about completely getting out of crested geckos, but I couldn't for two reasons. One was because I still do really enjoy working with crusties and I have a soft place in my heart for them. But uh, two is that I get a lot of people, like you just said, to my table looking for crested geckos and then walk away maybe buying a Garg or a, a Yuri. Like you said, those those Yuri sell like crazy because they are so cool. Or even sometimes people completely change and go, I want to go arid and do a Viper Gecko because I just cannot walk away from your table without buying one. So, <laughs> um, and just be able to, to share all those other things with people and share about their husbandry and about their history. And, and that's, that's a lot of fun for me. So, and getting to educate people. Just that you know all that information is fascinating to me. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to move to another lizard. Well, I don't have a I don't have a kid, so that helps. That's, yeah, <laughs> she has time and money. Oh, uh, right. So I want to move to another lizard. You do that. I have said for a long time that I thought was going to be the next big thing in the hobby. It's not there yet, and oddly enough, someone who I thought was going to make it the next big thing in the hobby has gotten out of it. But I know where those lizards ended up. They ended up with a friend. So uh, I've I've thought that. Um, Cuban anoles and the night anoles and all those large anole species were going to be the next big thing. Because one, if for people that are afraid of chameleons, uh, anoles are a hardier lizard overall. I'm not saying, look, chameleons taken care of properly. Obviously, you can keep them alive. They're a hardy animal. If, like, if, I, if you want one, get it from the readies. It comes well started. You're not getting a baby. It's going to be fine. But for the general public, I think that some of these anoles, especially some of these other anoles that come in the blues and yellows and everything, are really now the price point right now on them is not general yeah. public friendly, right? Uh, it's still project level people, right? yes. But I think they are going to get there. I think that those yes. projects are going to lead to more people wanting them, and they are going to, you know, look, lychee prices are still not super friendly, but they have come way down from where lychee prices were because everybody's like, these big ass chameleons or geckos are really cool. So I think the anoles will get there. So tell us about your anoles. I think. Uh, those are really cool. And then, you know, our, we're talking about our friend David got a whole bunch of them. So I think that's going to help too, because he does everything right, right as well. Right. He, yeah, he does. He, he, uh, he is definitely a, an amazing and old breeder. Um, he and, and my buddy Cody, who you guys also know, um, they actually split that project. Cody got a pretty cool project out of that too. So I'm interested to see what both those guys uh, do with that. Um, and I think even Brian got some animals from that, that group. So that'll be about- very interesting. I'm very, 
Very interested to see what they produce. Are you talking Sorry? about Kodiak Cody? Yes, Kodiak okay. Cody. Yeah, because he was getting out of yeah. all pythons, right? Uh, I don't know about that, but... Cut back on him? No, he's not He's oh, okay. not getting out of all pythons. Uh, he's still doing it. Oh, speaking of Cody and Anoles, he's probably going to kill me, but I have to do a shout-out for him. He just hatched the very first that we think ever mm-hmm. in the world, um, Anolis transversalis. Uh, we know that there have been some hatched from eggs that were from wild-caught females, but we think this is the first, from what we can find, the first Anolis transversalis that was hatched and bred in captivity. And he just hatched. James and I are googling the same thing. Trying to figure out what this fucking yeah, is. Yeah, shout out to him. It's uh, the banded, uh, banded tree anolis. Oh, that's, that's cool looking. Yeah. Super. Isn't cool. that cool? Hold on, I got to pull a picture cool? of him. Yeah, he's gonna absolutely the, kill me. Look at the eye. For giving him a shout out, but Jeez. I'm so proud of him. I'm gonna pull a picture of it. They have like the bluest blue eye. That's crazy. Yeah, they have these piercingly blue eyes. I yeah. love lizards so much. I I, lo- I like lizards. They just are more time consuming than snakes. And so that's my problem. Mm-hmm. I get that, yeah. Oh, that's definitely true. Definitely true. They're more time consuming. <laughs> it's a daily thing rather than, you know, a weekly or bi-weekly thing. Here it is. This is in the middle. That was... <coughs> but I got pulled up on the screen. That is super cool looking. Yeah. That's a, those are... Yeah. So so we're, I'm, I'm really stoked that, about that. Um, he's really just gotten into lizards in, in the last year or so, and he's doing some really amazing things and working with some really cool species. So um, so that's awesome. I was super proud of him to, to hatch that. But but yeah, I work with quite a few species of anoles. I've really kind of gotten into anoles over the past five years or so. Um, I started actually with uh, the false chameleons, which I think you've seen on my table as well, James. Yes, um, yeah. The little babies. I've, yeah. see, I've seen um, them making babies at your shop too. Yes, that's true. You have. So, so it, pretty much if you've ever been to my shop for more than 15 minutes, you've seen them making babies. I will say <laughs> the male is, is very well satisfied. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I actually started with those guys um, as far as the Knowles go and um, just absolutely fell in love with them. And um was a finally and right that that this is a, this is a lesson for the the reptile hobby. I paid a ton of money for the females that I finally got because um, no females had been available for years and years, and I finally found some. Paid a ton of money for them, and about three months later, I think a big group of them were imported from Cuba or maybe caught in Florida or something, and they just flooded the market. And then within a month or so after that, they were like 150 bucks each. Um, so that's, that's, you know, when you're doing these reptile projects, keep those kind of things in mind. But, uh, so, you know, I didn't get nearly out of the babies, what I paid for the females, but that was fine because that that's a really fun animal. It's, it would be a great alternative even to a bearded dragon. Um, they take up a little bit more space arboreally, but they're easy to take care of. They're super interactive. They don't require high heat. Um, they're very easy to handle. Even for a responsible kid, they'd be easy to handle. It can also be a far more enjoyable cage experience for as far as decorating right. versus a bearded dragon. Right. I think so. And it's less cleanup. It's actually it's less work because, you know, you, that kind of cage, you can have an uh, isopod colony in yeah. there that's taking care of most of that for you. So. Let's talk about this. in the anoles. The uh, the I guess the, the king of the anoles when it comes to the hobby has always been the the Cuban night anole because uh right you know they got imported and then the invasive into Florida and then people were able to catch them in the wild in Florida and sell them like crazy, which is another reason that they're super cheap. And people buy them off tables and then they die because they're not they're thrown in a bag and they're shipped off to somewhere and not really taken care. Anyways, that's a whole other story. But so there's the Cuban night anole. That's not the same as the false chameleon, right? Correct. So two, but they're are, both they're 
They're both crown giants, but correct, it's not the same thing. And they're both very large and old. You know, and for anybody who's not used correct. to it, uh, you know, the little green lizards you have running around your house. That, but on steroids. Um, <laughs> much larger. The, the, the problem with Cuban nidinoles for a lot of them, I think, is that a lot of people are getting these wild cults, and the wild cults aren't calm. Um, no, or, they, they or probably <laughs> aren't. They're not fans of being held. And so that no. makes it a hard experience for someone. Right. But right. Yeah. And, and you're right there. I've seen them repeatedly a beautiful adults for 20, 25 bucks on somebody's table. And it just makes me a little sick to my stomach. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause the problem is unfortunately, and it, it's human nature for a lot of people that if they didn't pay a lot for animals, then they don't need to put a lot into the animal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the problem with bearded dragons, right? You can get a bearded dragon for 20 bucks. But the setup's going to cost you two hundred and fifty bucks if you do it right, and who? And how easy? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and in their mind, well, why am I going to pay that if the lizard's only twenty bucks? I mean, if you're getting an right. awesome VivTech bulb, you can easily use our gumbo code. Go, yeah, it's gumbo twenty two. Say fifteen percent, and you same. can save money, but you're still going to pay good money for a bulb that's going to last you forever. Forever's. Uh, so yeah, that, like so how I did that. I did a good job. So there's the Cuban I know. Nice segue. There's the false. <laughs> there's the false chameleon, which is not a chameleon, which the name implies, not a chameleon. Um, and then what are the insane colorful ones that y'all have? Because I've seen them on your table, uh, the, at your place, and I've seen them on Eclectic Reptiles, our friend David's table, and they're crazy. Right. They are crazy. Um, those are actually a subspecies of the nidinol. So uh, Cuban nidinols are uh, Anolis equestris, and those guys are Anolis equestris putior. So, so yeah, the um, the blue beauties, as their common name is, um, or putior um, for the the scientific name, are insanely colored, um, blue and green and yellow. Um, uh, nidinoles, basically, this is subspecies. So they have a very, very similar body plan and um, everything to the the Cuban nidinoles. Yeah. So if, if someone out there is like, I really love the color of chameleons, and maybe the idea of the name chameleon scares you off from having a lizard like that, it's going to cost you a little bit. But the blue right now, the blue beauty anoles though give you that color, give you that size. They're a little hardier, um, and and they're amazing looking. Like I said, you. You've got some, and then like we've seen them on David's table, uh, and then he apparently now has a whole bunch more. Um, and we had David on, it was a while back, but it was a, it was a Corpus Christi show. We had him on for a little bit, and we talked to him about lizards. Um, but they're, like I said, I, I really think that large anoles are one of the futures for pet lizards just because yeah. uh, they're ease of care. It's it's, And I don't mean that as in like you don't have to take care of it, but – I mean, come on, they are much but easier. But they're easy. I yeah. Mean, yeah, they're very easy to take care of. Um, uh, they're very hardy, too. Um, I mean, I think uh, chameleons, as you said, are not really that difficult to take care of, but it does require a certain level of, you know, um, setup and, and daily maintenance and that's, those, those kind of things. Not that these guys don't, but they can handle probably a little bit more uh, deviation from, uh, you know, the median um, than, than a chameleon can they are just super duper hardy they live in all kinds of conditions and and do fantastic in captivity and i i really think that anolis equestris in general and then all of these morphs and uh, uh, subspecies that are are people are really starting to work with now um are are really going to be a huge thing when people really appreciate them um for what they are and what they can be rather than the you know 20 dollar lizard adult anole on the table that's not going to be super happy to be handled yeah um, i i 
I have baby um, uh, questers that will will sit on me, and that if if you get them young and socialize them, they can be just like super amazing to to just jump on you, just like the Emerald Tree Skinks. I have some uh, equestrians that act like that. So now I know you're lying because um, these bastards don't jump ah, on you at all. It's just <laughs> you. They just don't like which I hate. You. Like I think so. Again, I I'm not a huge lizard fan, but I really freaking love these lizards. They just don't love me. They, they, that is a fact, baby. It drives me nuts because they are the. They pay more attention to Joe and I than they do you. But Maybe like, it's because you're a man. They, I don't know, but they pay attention in the room. Like, right now they're oh, out, yeah. and they're paying attention to things moving around. They're looking at you, and you can see them look at you. It's very weird. But like, if you go in to feed them, you can see them like make eye contact. Oh yeah. Uh, and look at you, and so it's it's so cool because. I think a lot of the smaller lizard species, this being one of them, get overlooked because they don't, people don't find them personable, uh, like a bearded dragon, right? But our, our, I don't. In know. my opinion, this thing is way more personable. I, I don't than know a if bearded dragon. dragons are overly personable. I think everybody just loves the fact that it will lay flat on your shoulder or whatever while you watch TV, and they go, "It loves me." And I'm like, "No, your house <laughs> is 70 degrees, and it likes it at 110 degrees." It's just, right. It's sitting there. It tolerates you. Hey. I get asked repeatedly at shows, does it does it like being held? And my consistent response is, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a reptile that enjoys being held. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> it, the, the, the holding is for us. It's not for them. For I'm not sure. saying you should never, you know, hold your animals. Um, but it, 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 don't be under any illusion that it's for them. Yeah, it completely tolerates it. Sometimes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I just think, I think the anoles are, are cool and they're not... You know, the problem is, uh, let's, let's try this, uh, a Cuban night anole, just a basic Cuban night anole, not wild caught. If someone's captive breeding one, do you know what that goes for? What that would be? Uh, probably just an equestrian probably about a hundred bucks captive bred. Okay. So in reality, that's not a ton for what you're getting, but the general sees it's an anole. And so they start mm-hmm. to think that's a cheap lizard. Hundred right. bucks is a lot. Now that's for a basic, I think, and they probably think they have them in their backyard. Yeah, well, everybody thinks they have yeah. everything in their backyard. I've seen that. No, yeah. you have not seen this yeah. Burmese python in your unless you're in Florida. You may have. Uh, Somebody this weekend told me that they had neon day geckos in their in their backyard, and I said, "Oh, you live in Madagascar." <laughs> you should be like, uh, "Can you catch me some of those?" <laughs> right. Uh, let's go I need ahead. to diversify my bloodlines. Could I come to your house and catch a few? <laughs> yeah, let me let me get some of those. <laughs> But uh, so that's a problem. So then we move up to say the false chameleons. What's the false chameleon go for? Uh, well, now it's like I said, the market was was flooded a um, year or so ago, and and it's come way down. So now probably a captive bred one, probably looking in at one hundred and fifty ish. Okay, so really for what you're getting, still doable if people can get past the fact that it is a lizard, uh, an old, not a you know. That's the problem is people look at like a, like our panther chameleon. And they go, yeah, that's a six hundred dollar animal, right? But they don't look right. at a Cuban, uh, a Cuban anole or a false chameleon and go, yeah, that's a hundred dollar, hundred fifty dollar animal. So now let's move right. on to the the pretty ones, uh, the the blue beauties and stuff like that. Just on the lower end, what is something with color? What is that going to cost somebody? So they actually, one of the big breeders uh, dropped the price six months or so ago considerably. So they're now going for something like a thousand to fifteen hundred each. And seeing that's going to cost people to go. Well, there's no way I'm paying that. For, and, and that's the problem right. is, it's tricky. I don't want to. Was that uh, beef fit, at our house? 
don't think so. Was that beep at your no, house? I think it, I think it was in my house. Okay, Sorry. I was just like somebody opened one of the doors. I was like something. I've not heard that probably, noise before at our house, so I panicked slightly. So, so here's and I want I don't want to say this and offend the 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 gecko or the anole breeding community, but some of those prices price the general not even the general public price the the good reptile keepers out of those animals, which I think unfortunately slows down the spread of those animals into the hobby. Um, now I'm not saying they need to turn into ball pythons and everybody needs to own 50 of them, but if there were some more entry level ones that were less, you'd start to see them way more in the hobby. And I think that'd be good for the hobby. It's hard to pay a thousand dollars for, for any reptile. We talked about that last week. We had, we asked people what their, uh, what their limit was on what they would spend. And a lot of people, their limit was under a thousand dollars. Yep. Um, and so it's hard. And so it's just, it's a tricky thing when it comes to pricing reptiles. Cause I think more of those in the hands of people would be better. I mean, the right people, obviously I don't want them to be the $20 one on a flippers table that they're just buying wild caught from South Florida, but it's tricky. And I think we'll, well get there. And it, it will come down. It's just like anything else that, you know, kind of starts out high and, and comes down. It, it is over the past, what, about two ish years since they've been, uh, available, fairly consistently um they've come down like over a thousand dollars fifteen hundred dollars so you know that they're coming down very at a very fast rate actually um but it's just like anything like any new morphin ball pythons or boas or anything always starts you know at a at a collector project only point price point and hopefully comes down to to get in the hands of other good keepers, you know, fairly, fairly quickly. So Timothy in the chat says, if croc monitors were a hundred dollars and Cuban anoles were 5,000 people would be running to buy the Cuban anole. I get the point there, but I don't think that's true. I think people like the idea of a croc no. monitor because it's a dinosaur. Oh, yeah. um, Cause that's we see it with water monitors, right? Water monitors you can get or Nile monitors you can get for super cheap and mm. people will buy those all the, and they don't fucking need them. They buy them all the time. Um, the Cuban anoles, though, I think I think hundred dollars. Now look, I'm looking on Morph Market, and there's this place selling a wild caught Cuban anole for hundred dollars. I think that's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I see them all the time for twenty, twenty five bucks. Like I see really nice ones at shows for that much money. Yeah, this one looks not so great. Um, so that's ridiculous. But here's a Cuban false chameleon for five hundred. Hmm. I haven't seen one listed that high in a while. Yeah, well, it's still for sale, so it may be listed like that for a while. <laughs> that may be why it's still it's, for sale. Uh, just going through some of the... It's interesting to go through the other lizard section of Morph Market because I never go through the other lizards. I never go through any lizards, but the other lizards always give you some of the weird things. That's the first one I go through every morning. I can see that. Other lizards. Because you like the weird <laughs> stuff. The Gila monsters... I do are, like the weird stuff. They have Gila monsters listed underneath other lizards. I'm like, okay. Yeah, here's a false chameleon baby for 200 Yeah. Actually, it's one hundred fifty-two hundred is what they usually go for, and it's one ninety-nine. So that sounds, and it's places. I'm not gonna say the place's name, but it sounds like a, like a, a retail store, not a, a breeder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, here's a giant blue beauty for. I love how they priced it at nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. Just put a thousand, put a fucking thousand dollars. You know, you want a thousand dollars. Um, but they are so pretty, and, and and I think that they'll catch on. I think definitely they'll catch on. It's just, uh. Now, along with the amount that are, are currently in Texas, uh, hopefully they will they will right. get going. There's a there's a lot of them in Texas now. Yeah, there are there are they all originated at one place, but they he spread them out quite a bit. Yeah, so 
But that kind of brings you back to uh, how you need to diversify. You kind of need to pay attention to what's going on around you if you're going to diversify because we are connected into the shows around here. So we kind of know what everybody's projects are. So whereas you may not breed a ton of gargoyles and lychees, that kind of makes sense because there are certain people we know that are going right. to sell lychees before you sell your right. lychee, right? It's and it's. And I would I would send them to them to I would send them to them him anyway. I so. was just about right. to say, and there are other people with other animals that even if I want to sell what I have, I'm gonna send them to the guy or the girl yeah, look, look, that sells that. And I'll, and I'll say, Carl Vargas makes the best looking lychees. <laughs> I've ever seen. Yes, he does. And he doesn't even bring those to the shows I go to. No. Like right. the, the best ones are not brought to the shows I go to. And I still love like the pinks on some of those are freaking insane. Well, that insane. And his, um, uh, the rock gar- iguanas that he's, Oh playing. man. The, yeah. yeah. He was my roommate this weekend. He oh, stayed was with us and, and they had one that they brought to the house. That was just freaking gorgeous, man. They're like puppy dogs. Yeah. They are. Rachel yeah. wants one so bad. It- one day. His daughter, though, you needed to get you and Rachel. If you get one, take lessons from his daughter because oh, apparently yeah. she is like the lizard whisperer now. She yes. is so cool if you talk to her. He had yeah. uh, they had one that that one that they brought. The reason they brought it to the house is because uh, she's working on taming it. So about right. every little bit, she'd go get it out and hold it, and then it would kind of get antsy, and she'd hold it for another minute and then go put it up. And see, by the end of the weekend, she was walking around with it on top of her head. That's another area where yeah. this, this yeah. hobby has really set us up for failure because green iguanas are $20 a piece. Yeah. Now, granted, the green iguana phase, has, like you said, has definitely gone down. It's not like it was when I first got in the hobby and you found them everywhere. Oh but there were, made me so mad. There are so many other uh, quote, unquote, iguana species that are a million times better, and had we put the effort into those in the 80s and 90s right. and they we would be exactly. there. That being one of them, the rock iguanas and rhino iguanas, these are so much better than green iguanas. I thought right. North Market didn't allow venomous animals. I don't know. I didn't see there's a bunch of Gila's a bunch of Gila's on there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Um so but that that's another area where we've got to get more of these species that we know as reptile people are a better pet for people. Right. Right. We, but that that also involves a lot of marketing. Yeah. So you yes. have to get out there and talk to people about them. I cannot tell you how many times I've given the whole spiel about viper geckos um, as an example, because nobody's ever heard of them. And even people that don't want one want to know what what's going on with these guys. Where are they from? What do they do? Um, and you've got to you know, you've got to do a lot of that and really get excited. You have to love what you're working with, even if, you, you know, at the end of the day, you're trying to be in the black in the bank you have to love what you're working with because yeah, especially if you want to work with this kind of you know um oddball eclectic kind of stuff um if if you don't love it and you can't really talk to people about it you're not going to sell it you've got to be in love with the projects that you work on if you want to do this kind of stuff otherwise why are you in this well right, we know right. why some and, people- and and uh, the the other guy's name who we're not saying he is uh, dave is absolutely amazing at that as well and that's oh, why yes. that's one of the reasons why there are so many blue beauties in texas i didn't know where of, you were going that with that because you were like the other guy we're not saying and he just like <laughs> blasted his name and i'm like oh i hope but in a good, no good sense in a good sense <laughs> No, in a good sense. No, in a good sense. We had mentioned, we had kind of skirted around that a couple of times, but uh, yeah, he he is amazing at at talking to people about um, animals and getting other people excited and as passionate as he uh, to, he is about stuff. And I think that's one of the reasons we have so many. To me, David Eclectic Reptiles does everything in the hobby the way people should do things in the hobby, Love and and the so way much. I should, and I don't. But he is a one hundred percent a quality in, I quality him. out guy. Uh, yes. Whereas a lot yes, of people in this hobby are not that they are animal in 
whatever that animal may be quality wise an animal out we'll try and say it's quality but it's not there's never been a thing on on his table that i've ever gone not once everything on his table i'm like holy shit I, I can't do I that. I can't afford that. Yeah. I get, right. I get that but, a lot. But there's a reason. Him. Like, I've never looked at his table and gone, why is it priced that? Right? Right. You can walk by a table. And, and one, we've talked about how to set up at a show. His is the way to set up at a show. Now, it's oh, not yeah. for everybody. But you, when you walk up to his table at a show, you know whatever you're about to see is going to be a quality animal. His yep. lighting, his backdrop, his tables, his setup, all looks amazing. He's always professional. And 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 we'll talk to anybody, even though if they're not got me, he's talked to me forever, and I haven't yet to buy something from him, even though I really, really want one of his. And bowlers. God bless him, he has given you like opportunity tried. after opportunity after I just, opportunity. I can't, I can't do it, and I want to. He's like, let's do a payment plan. Let's like he knows it. how much James because wants. Un- unlike many of my friends in this hobby, I fucking know I'm poor. And I'm not going to make myself more poor. Yeah, and we just had a kid who now is going to play volleyball. So, so many so. of our other friends in this hobby will buy something. I'm like, dude, you were just complaining you didn't have money last week. Yeah. Like, mm. we have to start That's a side so hustle. True, we have to start a side hustle so we can afford all the extra stuff that our kid wants to do. Because okay. as soon as volleyball ends, she wants to go out for the tennis team. So, like, it's never ending. But, yeah. but Eclectic Reptile, if, if anyone's ever in a show, and he, he does the big shows, he does the Herp shows, he does... Go by his table, say hi to him, and look at his animals. Um, and if you've ever wondered how you should do your business, that's how you should do your business. I don't think he – I can almost guarantee – I've never been to his place, but I can almost guarantee he does not have an ugly animal anywhere in his collection. You know, He does Probably not have not. anything with bad markings or that just was cheap and he got it anywhere. So that that's what people he always He always gets the, gets the best in, in- – Oh no, we lost sound. Did, you still there? Oh, sorry, oh. I got a phone call, um, uh. and it and it cut me off. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, that, that's just you gotta buy quality animals. Um, and we go back to talking about some of the import stuff. Sometimes it's hard to get quality animals if you want to start a project on something new because you kind of are left to the whims of whatever's coming in and get what you get. But if you really enjoy that species over time, you can turn animals into quality collections. Like it's just takes time. And well, and also if the, I found that, um, building relationships with some of the people that bring some of this stuff in, um, as you get more into this and know what you want to work with and about, you know, about things that aren't, maybe aren't regularly coming in or that you've seen once or, you know, whatever. And you, you get into these kind of things, you find out about these animals and do research on them. You can often reach out to somebody that you've made a connection with and say, Hey, do you have anybody that can source these for me? Cause I want to, you know, try to breed them in captivity. So, um, if you want to do something like that, uh, being nice to, uh, people who can get you, get you stuff, um, <laughs> to, to, to work on a project is, is probably a good way to go. That is true. I, I I've made a lot of friends and it has come in very handy sometimes on certain animals that I've gotten. Uh, but, I was going somewhere. Hold on. Wait, I'll find it. Nope. Don't know where it is. It was there. It was on the fuck me. I blame diabetes. I can't remember shit anymore. Uh, fuck. Katie, talk. Oh, I don't know what you were going to say. Yeah, though, I don't either. So I don't know what's talking about. It, it was good. It was going to be good. It was. I don't know. Fuck me. Are you just. I don't know that you should blame diabetes, though. Yeah, I got to blame something. I may just be getting my. I think my brain's just going. I know mine is. <laughs> I was looking for my phone in my truck the other day with the flashlight on my phone. I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked for 
my glasses while they've been on my face mm-hmm. because I was that tired that yeah. I didn't realize I had them on my face. I almost had it. I almost had it. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I got it. Came back to me. I was going to say, and I know this is going to feel weird coming from me because I shit on ball pythons all the time as a species. Uh, don't let someone's negative comments about a species you like keep you from doing that species. Look, look honestly, if, if ball pythons are the shit for you and you really enjoy them, fucking breed them. It's for you. Breed them. Now, understand, it, it could be hard to sell some if that's what you're trying to do. And if you're going to do it, you need to specialize. You can't just be out there breeding pides all day long. And like, as I'm scrolling through Facebook, Lovins Reptile, <laughs> Brian Lovins, this little female Cuban night animal is amazing. It <laughs> uh, puts a bunch of stuff about her. It's a special thank you to Eclectic Reptiles. Yeah. Um, so, it, but don't let, you know, a lot of people make fun of me because I like, I like sand boas. They're stupid looking, little derpy sandworms. Mm-hmm. And I love them. And people will make fun of them. I don't give two shits. It's not going to keep me from keeping them. You just don't like you think you know how much he gets. Like he is so excited about these stupid little looking things. I love my Samboas. My gosh. It's adorable. They're a goofy ass little thing. But so you just can't let people's negativity. Because I think a lot of people, there's a lot of reasons why people don't get into parts of this hobby. And our hobby can be very negative. And look, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm. I'm really good at being negative about stuff. So I'm not saying I'm the example of how you should be in this hobby. Uh, but you can't let negativity in the hobby keep you from doing something you like or getting into something you like. Again, if you want to get into some of these oddball lizards, and just because they're not a crested gecko or a bearded dragon or the next big $30,000 more for whatever, don't listen to them. Find the thing. Look, if, if you want to get into viper geckos, which, again, if you are a gecko person, you should definitely want to get into viper geckos and talk to Brittany because they are the coolest looking little gecko. Yeah. Um, but do it. If you like them, do it. Get into whatever you like, because then you'll stay with it. And again, I think everybody needs to diversify. You can't, you just, you're you're not good Justin Gabilka. You're just not. I don't care who you are. Who I'm talking to everybody. You're you're not him. So don't <laughs> don't go buy someone's collection of ball pythons and be like, he's doing it. I can do it. You know, I'm gonna be a millionaire. Gonna do it. I'm gonna be. <laughs> look, I bred ball pythons this year. Gonna be a millionaire. I got three of them in there. Two of them have eaten for me. You know how to become a millionaire in ball python breeding, right? Start out with $2 million? Yep. Yep. I think the store has out more than that. <laughs> yep. Uh, Start with a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but, you know, every now and then, go through Morph Market and cruise Morph Market and, and see, go to the other lizard and the other snake and the other python, the other boa. Go to, go to those groups and look. And, and don't just look and like go, oh, I want that and buy it. Like, look and research and, and see what people mm-hmm. know about it and find out about it and, and talk to people. At show. Go to a show and if you go up to a show, this is tricky. So if you go to a show and you go to a table that has a ton of different species and it's obvious they are a reseller or a flipper, and it's going to sound harsh because we know something. Maybe don't take everything they tell you about that species as gospel because uh, some of those tables are simply trying to sell you an animal <clears throat> and they will tell you what they think they want you to hear to sell an animal. But if you go to a table like Brittany's and you see three or four or five Viper geckos and not... 70 different species of things and all in delicate. She can probably tell you about that species or whoever it is. You go up there and you see they have a small clutch or a small litter of a species. Ask them about it. If, if you think that's cool again, ask them about it. They're probably a good source of information. I'll take care of it. Um, but you got right. that's another problem. You got to learn to talk to people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think on both sides of the table, right? Some yeah. of us in the hobby aren't that great at talking to people either. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there and there are some people that have a lot of stuff on their table that can tell you about it. But you, you, like somebody who breeds something, 
is always going to be able to hopefully tell you more than somebody who's just, you know, reselling it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and find somebody who will talk to you. Right. Cause I'm, I love talking to people. That's, you know, one of the biggest reasons I do shows is educating people on some of this weird stuff that I love and seeing if I can get them to love it too. Um, so a good breeder should be excited to talk to you and, you know, give you whatever information you, you need and, and probably more than you want. Well, and, and, and I'm not knocking everybody that has a, a large variety because like our buddy JT will have a large variety on his table, but he has kept a lot of that stuff or has experienced a lot of this or at least right. can put you exactly. in the right direction of who to talk to about that stuff. Right. But there are definitely some right. people we know in this hobby that are used car salesmen selling animals. Yes, there are. That's and, absolutely true. And unfortunately, the general public doesn't doesn't know that. They don't know the difference. Yes. Right. And that's why if you're if you're truly passionate about this and you breed and you've ended a show, you have to talk to people that walk by because the used car salesman guy will and he'll tell mm-hmm. them whatever mm-hmm. he needs to. Yes. And yep. I've heard I, I had somebody come up to me at uh, a different sh- not a herp show, a different show that is very much like a, a zoo kind of crowd that thinks they can touch everything and <laughs> have never been to a reptile show before and and ask me if a. Uh, like a, a little exoterra um, transport box I had on my table, like a breeding box that's made for like hatchling garter snakes or hatchling, uh, you know, new Caledonian species would house a, an adult leopard gecko. And I said, well, it's way too small, first of all, and they also need heat. And they said, well, the, the person I bought it from told me that it didn't need heat. And they stood there and argued with me that a leopard gecko didn't, didn't need heat. And the, the person that sold it told them that they didn't have to provide heat for this animal. So uh, they were, there are absolutely people that will tell you whatever they need to, to get you to give them the money and they don't care. And that's very unfortunate. I think, especially within the herps group, that's, that's definitely the, the very small minority. I think most of the, most of the the people, it's, it's a really good community. And um, yeah, and you, you know, most of the most of the breeders there are, are pretty decent. But yeah, you know, there's some in every crowd, and ask questions and and make sure it seems like they really know what they're talking about. And they're not <clears throat> if they answer a question in the way that you that that you would think, you know, you they would want you to think the the, the opposite. Like if somebody says, "Well, can you handle it?" and they say, "No, they don't really like handling," they probably are being honest with you because. Yeah. Uh, you know, if somebody says yes to every question you ask, you might want to go and ask the next person those same questions and see what the, if you get the same answer. Well, and the problem is people, the first person they hear something from becomes right. their That's truth. The, yeah. And so you can't That's let that now. first person they hear it from be so, the wrong person. So it's like when our kid was having to do research and you were like, don't use the first thing that pops up on yes. Google. You have to go several <laughs> links and read several things and research and find right. a commonality between them but all. But people don't know how to do that anymore. Because they're lazy. Oh, yeah. What were you going to say, Robert? I'm sorry. I've recently heard the same vendor tell customers that the baby sulcatas that he was selling didn't need uh, UV. Mm. And was selling two-day-old corn snakes, telling people, now if you can get them to eat frozen thawed, that'd be great, but I'd probably try live. They haven't eaten yet, so... Good luck. And that's someone who's just there for money at that point. Yes. To, to me, if you're willing to sell a snake that has never eaten for you to a person who doesn't know any better, you have proven you are just there for money. It's different right. if I have a if I have a litter of snakes that I've told someone doesn't eat. And they're like, yeah, I know. I know. I still want to buy them. Like if I'm selling a, a, a wholesale lot of Sambos, I'm like, I haven't fed them yet. And they want to buy that and then take that upon themselves. That's different. That's an understanding. 
that's not the general public. But to sit there and tell some sell someone a corn snake that has never eaten, that's ridiculous. Like that, 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 that at least he was telling them. That's the only defense I can say because you yeah. have lots of people that will sell them oh, and just not tell them. At least he was being honest about it. But then to say that sulcatas, who are one of the number one things that need UV light, yes. don't need UV light, is insane to me as well. Yes. Uh, oh, Darren Watson said he follows uh, following Bruce after we had Bruce on last week on yeah. IG. And I, I did. He posted a video this week. So we talked about the giant bull snake he found. Mm-hmm. He posted a video of moving that bull snake into its new cage, which yep. is a fucking insanely large cage. Yes. It's like an eight foot long wooden cage for this bull snake. Don't get me wrong. It's a massive bull snake. But I want to know what his wife's reaction. She's seven is. foot nine. Seven foot nine. That's what's right. Like, what did his wife say when she when he moved that? I think he's just there. hoping that the wife hasn't walked into the garage. <laughs> is my only idea. But you can watch the video on his on his Instagram, and he takes out that bull snake. And she's, I definitely believe she's all of seven, nine. Oh yeah. She is. She's gotta be. She is massive. Um, but anyways, yeah. So there was that. So anyways, I, I do want to get to one thing. I want to get to our question this week that Brittany came up with. It was a really good, uh, got a ton of responses. Um, I know that Robert and Katie know because their phone gets blown up every time I Oh my do this. gosh. And you always post it in the middle of the day. So I'll be like teaching or like actually doing my job. I and my phone is my like bzz, 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 I'm freaking out over here. This is why I shouldn't get an Apple Watch because on the day that you post it, it's going to be my wrist blowing up. <laughs> so the question was what unconventional reptile husbandry tool? Could you not live without? And we'll get to some These of ours. Are awesome. Ours in a little bit. Let's go through go through the uh, the list. So our friend Danielle said, uh, "Holy balls, which are those like geometric like mm-hmm. dog toy balls with the big holes in them." Uh, she tries to she gives them to her snakes unless her snakes climb in them. She has one with like a retic a picture here with a retic crawling through them, so they crawl through and in and out of these balls. Um, and they're that that uh, rubber, so they're easy to kind of spread if you need to spread them a little bit. Um, so there's that. That's a really good idea. Yes. Yeah, she posts pictures all the time too. Um, Victor, v- Victor didn't get the, uh, get the instructions. Apparently Victor said a snake hook and feeding tongs, which Victor, I agree, but those are conventional snake tools that every reptile room should have. You should have feeding tongs. You should have a snake hook. Uh, and if anyone ever tells you, you don't need feeding tongs to feed something and just feed it by hand, tell them they're a fucking moron and don't buy anything from them. Never feed a snake by hand. I, I oh, I hate that. Uh, at least never feed like I mean, the case like a worm by hand is different than right a retig a rabbit by hand. Like, yeah. That's- so I um I didn't have feeding tongs with me one time at school, and I waited till all the kids were gone because I didn't want anybody in the room. Just on the off chance my corn snake got a hold of me, so I took my point my pointer for my board, and I like you would have been very proud of me because I touched the mouse and I wrapped the tail around it literally enough times to where I could pick up the mouse with the pointer tool. And then I just held it over the cage for her to get. Please tell me you have feeder tongs. Well, it's right feeder now, tongs so. now. Yes. But this was prior to feeder tongs. And then I sanitized everything and washed <laughs> my hands like four times. Uh, our friend Megan, who we had a couple weeks ago said, uh, tension rods and holy balls, just like, uh, Dana said for her boil snakes to, to climb on. Uh, our buddy Drew Schultz over at the Learning Zoo said parrot nest boxes for yeah. his arboreal snakes. Those are cool. Because he keeps a lot of his stuff, most of his stuff outside. Yep. He keeps his carpet pythons outside and outside enclosures. And he says, they're the perfect size for my adult carpets to curl up in and do a great job of mimicking a hollow tree. I can also access them from the door on the side if needed. Um, I'm hoping to throw them out as next bo- nest boxes next season. I think that's what it says. 
even yeah. though he missed anyways but yeah that, that's a great one that's uh, taking something that is not a reptile thing and turning it into a reptile thing um i'm just too scared to one i don't own this house so there's no me putting snakes outside um here but god I, he's braver than i am I, i'm horrified to keep a snake outside but he's also out there every yeah. day it's a zoo and it's, yeah it's true you know that is true uh oh our internet is just shitting on us yep, again it just went down on mine too Son of a bitch. We'll be back in just a second, I'm sure. We'll keep going. Brittany will uh, keep the the live. She probably won't. She's probably like freaking out too because we're not there. I'll send her a message. I don't know. If she watches this regularly, she knows this happens. Uh, I'll keep going through this. So, Corey Martin, I'm not going to lie. I had to um, uh, I had to look up what this was because the spelling. Once once I saw what it was, I was like, oh, now I know how to pronounce that. Uh, it's sous vide, by the way. I've never seen sous vide spelled out. So I didn't know, uh, I didn't know what it was. So that got me. Oh, freaking internet! God, you didn't know what sous vide how it was spelled? No, I've never seen it spelled. Oh, yeah, sous vide, sous vide. So I, I, I got a hold of Directv and we got the Directv issue fixed. I wonder if it's a similar contact issue with AT&T, AT&T and get that shit fixed. Uh, here For we those go. of you who are wondering if you're having issues with your television services um it could be because the ground is just miserable uh, and our, our ground is uh we're back Brittany. sorry our internet sucks i sent our text okay uh yeah no our, our our direct tv went out because the pole that is in the ground with our satellite dish on it if you live anywhere around the area where you're not getting water you'll realize that you have these giant um like grand canyons opening up in your yard and our yard mm. is just separating and the pole that our dish was on began to slant and no longer was aimed at the satellite dish in the sky and so our, they had to come out and replant our dish into the ground because the ground, we just need rain. We need, we need like a week and a half long storm, just rain. Mm-hmm. We need water. We do. Bad. But uh, going back to this, so again, Corey Martin says sous vide for defrosting her rats fast. First off, <laughs> I don't have the kind of money to buy a sous vide just for rats. Because uh, that, that, it would then just be for rats. It's not going to be a sous vide for anything else. Sure. Uh, I actually have an extra sous vide. That's a pretty good idea. I just also I'm afraid that I'd get squishy rats. Why? You just set the temperature you want it to be at, and you put them in a bag. Oh, that's true. You put them in. I mean, I've only ever them, put things in water when it's in a pot on a stove. It gets it to the exact temperature. Because I had a sous vide that I bought a cheap one on Amazon a few years ago, and then Rachel got me a really nice one for Christmas last year, or maybe the year before, the year before, and um, so I haven't used the old one in a long time. I should try that. It's a pretty good sous vide for rats. We lost some of our viewers. They, I guess when our thing crashed, they left us. Oh, well, they'll hear all this live later. Uh, Ashley Howdy said, take out Chinese soup bowls for defrosting feeders. That's that's one. Yeah. That's one. Do you like Chinese takeout? With rats? Well, no. Oh, okay. That's well, I mean, possible. <laughs> but you could save the bowls and reuse them. Uh, Travis Wyman. Right, for one, I'm going to need Travis Wyman to give me uh, explanations to his suggestions. <laughs> what did he put? UV flashlight. I don't know if he just want to see if something jizzed on a wall somewhere, like it's well, an episode yeah, of CSI. He needs to look for sperm plugs on snakes. Yeah, I don't think that's what he's doing. Uh, alligator clips. No fucking clue what he's using those for. Smoking little roach. <laughs> and laser pointers. And there's no fucking way snakes are following a laser pointer. I don't know about the laser pointer. I, I think but Travis just put three alli- random no, ass no, no, things. No, 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 The alligator clips, he's holding shit. I bet he's talking about binder clips. Uh, I think he's making shit up. I think he picked three random things. No. This is just like when he posts articles, he doesn't explain what the article is. 
It's just like, I'm supposed to understand this graduate level article you just posted. I mean, I'm smart, but fuck. Uh, <laughs> the Leviathan Hatchery said makeup brushes, great for caring for incubating eggs and tortoise shell care. You know what else makeup brushes are good for? Cleaning Lego. Yep. yep. Dusting Lego. Uh, Dustin Crabs, he said, Grabtree said drywall knives and dough scrapers for tub cleaning. Uh, took my soldering iron to the plastic drywall knives and melted them to the corner to con- contour to the tubs. That's good. I, I do like the red line uh, scrape right tool set. That whole set they have works great for tubs. It's also a good one. Uh, Darren Watson, who I think was in the chat earlier, said uh, storage bins. I've used them to make enclosures. I've used them as hides. I've also kept substrate in them, and I use them to keep frozen rats in the freezer. Okay, I haven't done the rats in the freezer, but I've done all three of the other ones. I've had them as enclosures before. I have some in there as hides right now. Um, I like the uh, the black and yellow ones, but they make a small black and yellow one. With the latching tops that you can cut a hole in the side and it makes a great hide for a big cage for a big bow or something. Or I've always wondered if, if Sterilite knows how much money they get from the reptile community. So, God, so they much really money. should. So much money. <laughs> and if you call them as a rack builder and say, I'd like to order directly from you, they say the minimum is about a million dollar order. Fuck. Yeah. And they just hang up on you basically because you're not Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the the Walmarts, you know, around me get to know me. They're like, oh, there's a guy who doesn't take lids. Yeah. Like, why do we have all these lids? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris Hubley said lint rollers for scales on carpeting in between cleanups. I'm not gonna lie, I haven't had carpet in my snake room in over a decade, and I fucking love that fact. If we move to this new house, we will. You better strip that stuff out and put in some uh, vinyl flooring or something. Yeah. I, I love not having. If anybody has carpeting in the reptile room. D- and you're allowed to just strip that up and put down some like vinyl flooring or something. Get rid of carpeting. It, it holds smells. Yeah. Once you move away from it, you'll love it. Yeah. I was always a pro carpet person until we started getting houses without carpet. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is awesome. Yeah, it is. Uh, Elizabeth Marie Sheriff. Sharif. I'm gonna go with Sharif. I could be wrong though. Uh, I you she has the um the clamps the oh what is that what kind of clamp is that you know what I'm talking about the it has a little metal handle so you can loosen it up and it's it's this clamp right here oh a, C clamp uh, no a shelf clamp shelf clamp or a cabinet clamp yeah yeah anyway it's the ones that are extendable mm-hmm. and you can crank them they can pump them down so they get closer anyways they said they use it as a spreader for vivarium so they can get the glass out easier I'm not sure I understand me either. I've never had a problem getting glass. I don't. You may need a different vivarium. Uh, if you need one, I know who can make you one. Talk to Robert. Uh, he can make you one. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I don't understand that. I'd have to see it in person. Yeah, it's probably super simple. But Catherine R. Frank said a paper towel dispenser and the tri-folded paper towels from Sam's Club or Costco. Even though I don't hang the dispenser, those tri-fold towels are more absorbent than the kitchen kind. They're the best for cleaning. Uh oh, the tri. Oh, so the like. Like the ones that go in a dispenser. Yeah, that come out and they're folded. Oh, gotcha, like that. Yeah, those no, I, are very absorbent. Yeah, I like my. I like. I think the most genius thing that ever happened was the person that made the, uh, the three, panel paper towels. The ones that are like, skinny. You can you can mm-hmm. do one, two, or three, and and make them full size, because one fits perfect in a shoebox tub. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't. The, obviously, the two weren't planned, but they work. But it works. Yeah. And uh, I have a little, so I keep regular paper towels, but I have a cart. Someone else, some other people talk about carts. I have a cart in my my room, and then I have a paper towel holder attached to the cart. So I always have a roll on the cart there next to me. But 
Those are a great paper towels too. Uh, Easton Horton said an electric kettle that he uses for his blue tongue skinks rapashi food. Absolutely. Good call, Ethan. Hmm. Uh, Damian McKay said a cordless shop vac. Cordless shop vacs are always good. Yes. I'm lazy. I have no carpet, so I just use a dustpan, small room dustpan. But if you do a dustpan, do the one on like the three foot handle, the one that you don't, you know, it's a three foot like broom and a three foot handle. You just kind of sweep. That makes you from having to bend over. Those are great. Uh, Lawrence had a putty knife again for cleaning. All right. Here's a list of things. And I I need to figure out some of these. So, all right, it says what they are, but they're kind of weird. Brie Roman said icing sugar shakers for supplements. Mm. Oh, that's smart for like calcium yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, if, if you don't get it, you're not like trying to tap it out of the thing and a big chunk falls out. Yep. All the time. All yeah. the time. Uh, Double sided gel stickers for securing the 1.5 ounce deli cups to hatchling bins. I don't have hatchlings, so that's I don't, not an issue. But that is a, a yeah. good idea that's for something to keep them from moving around. Well, and those little and gel pads, they, I've used those in my classroom before, and yeah. they're really awesome. And if it gets stuck to the snake, it's not going to hurt them. Right. Yeah. It's a gel because of what the gel pad is. Uh, automatic bird feeder with a cotton ball for cricket water. I don't know that I've ever seen an automatic bird what? feeder before. I will tell you my 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 fix around this because I do it with roaches is test tubes with a cotton ball for water. Fill the test tube with the cotton ball in there, and then they can drink the water out of the cotton ball. Makes sense, and it doesn't dry out. I say that lasts for a oh, while. it lasts for a long time, long time. Uh, long spout watering can for water dishes. I get that. I need to buy a new watering jug for my, my snake use, room. We use a pump sprayer. I want to get a. I want to get a pump sprayer. I really want to get. Uh, I saw one that's made for like it's a it's for cleaning your car. It's for spraying. It's got a little pump, like a sump pump or whatever, and a sprayer. I thought about getting one of those for my snake room and getting a five gallon jug of water and using that for spraying things down, filling water dishes. Makes sense. Because I don't have a sink in there. If you can put a sink in your reptile room, obviously that is the way to go and put a hose attached to it and all that. But I don't have that. Uh, Bree also said a bar cart and wash bins for easy dish collection. Uh, a soldering iron. I'm past the point of needing a soldering iron, but I do remember the days of a soldering iron coming in very handy if you do your own heating stuff. A label maker. I agree. A label maker is always good. That's a good one. Uh, and Husbandry Pro, I've tried the apps. I just, I'm not, I can't do apps for my snake room. I've tried it. I thought it was a great for idea. For the snake room. I just can't do it. I'm, I, get, I, get, I can't keep scanning one and so then go. So this is how I feel about electronic calendars. Yeah, electronic calendars the same way. are useful. So that you don't go, remember we have this next Thursday? I'm like, no, because I don't look at the one calendar hanging on the wall in the kitchen when I'm at school. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But it's color-coded. But I'm not near it. Rachel constantly has to be, what weekend is this show? It's like, if only we had this thing on our phones where we could share dates. Yeah. And she's like, I like my planner. I do like my planner. Your planner that you don't even fucking know where it is. Oh, no, I use mine. She does, too. Then put your planner into the computer so I can see it. But I don't understand. What do you mean? You go to the day and you make it. It's the same fucking thing as the paper. It doesn't look as good as mine. You can color code it. (laughs) I literally have the whole month. Boom, right there. Oh, look, there's September. Shut up, both of you. Anyways, and Chris Lattimore said. (laughs) Everything, October. You want to see next September? I have that, too. (laughs) Shop Robert. Oh, no, I only went to August last year, next year. And the last one on here was uh, Charles Lattimore said electric kettle also and a utility cart on wheels. So uh, let's go with Brittany. What are some unconventional things that you could not live without in your reptile room? 
Uh, well, there were quite a few good ones on the list, some that I actually use and some that were new ideas for me that I might try, um, including your test tube with the cotton ball thing. I have it, never done that. It so. works great. You throw a couple of test tubes yeah. in there with cotton balls in there, and that water lasts like a couple weeks usually. That's great because I always actually – I use a kettle as well for Apache. And mostly it's bug burger so that there's moisture in the food, but I could feed it to them dry if I had a test tube. So there you go. Um, but uh, I think one of the things that I use – the most is probably my step drill bit, um, like a graduated. I don't know what it's yeah. actually called. Is it called a drill bit that look like bit. cones? It's called a step yeah. bit. Okay, step bit. Yeah, I use that thing for. I mean, obviously for you know plastic and things like that, but I can't even. I use it for so many things. Uh, just it makes clean holes and in, in everything. Um, and I absolutely love that thing. Um, and also a hot glue gun, very similar to that. I've used it to fill cracks or cover up. Uh, bad glass when I get shipments of tanks or um, uh, for cricket bins to glue on screen for the tops. I mean, I use a hot glue gun for so many things. Um, so that's another big one for me too. I, uh, for me, the cart has been a big one. Now the cart was way better in my old snake room, which was much larger and it kind of had room for it. It still works now, but it kind of stays more stationary, but the room's so small. It's a great place for me to like, when I come in, put all my rats on it so I can feed from it. Uh, it's where I keep my, it's got a little spot for my spray bottles and for my dis, uh, my uh, sanitizing bottles, all that stuff. So I like having a cart. Um, you know, this is going to be a weird one. A TV. <laughs> having my TV in there keeps me in there longer. Uh, yeah. So I can put on like YouTube or something and, and, and sit there and feed and do water dishes and all. So that's been one. Um, I like a lot of the stuff Command Hooks does. Command Hooks has the uh, yeah. things that hold like... Uh, brooms and stuff have those little like they have little rubber grippers on them and so you push it in and it holds them in place i've got several of those in my snake room that hold my hooks my feeding tongs my brooms um all that stuff so it's all on the wall so command hooks makes some really awesome stuff for that um i mean there's a lot of reptile related stuff you know early on in the hobby i most of my stuff in the snake room was not reptile related stuff because there wasn't as much reptile related stuff out there uh but there's been a lot of stuff like, like I said, having the uh, scraper tools from Redline, I used to have paint scrapers and all that stuff, but the Redline stuff does pretty well. I like it for cleaning tubs because everyone knows that urates in a tub is like concrete. Um, you know what's excellent on urates, James? Do you, you, you probably use chlorhexidine, right? To yes. Clean? Try using medical grade peroxide. It just disintegrates it, man. It's insane. That kind of scares me. I, I switched to so I get I buy it in twelve percent and I dilute it down to about six percent, and it it works phenomenally Does well. It? Um, yeah, so I would obviously do some research and make sure you're comfortable with it. Um, but I have I've switched over to using peroxide um, a few months ago, and I absolutely love it, especially for snakes. One other non-traditional, yeah. One other non-traditional thing I have uh, in between, so. I, I do all my racks. They are I have, I have one tin tub rack, and I've said it up here before. If anyone's thinking about getting a rack, don't ever fucking buy a tin tub rack. <laughs> buy two five tub racks, and if you're like, but I want a tin tub rack. No, you fucking don't. You don't know any better. It's a goddamn nightmare. They're massive. They're horrible to move. And even if you're like, well, I live on a one floor building. Uh, I did too until I didn't, and then I had to carry that bitch upstairs. Yep. Don't do it. Buy half racks. So my most of my racks are multi hatch racks. They fit the uh the vision line of tubs, the mm -hmm. fifteen, eighteen, thirty-five S. 
And so I'll take two. And what I did was I took two plastic or two uh, cutting boards and a little screw eye. I glued the cutting boards together. I screwed the eye into one of them and it fit right between my two racks. And so basically it's a pull out drawer. I can pull it out from between it and set a water jug on there, put rodents on there, water bowls, put a tub on there while I'm cleaning. So it's just an extra place right there at my rack that I can pull out, put a tub on there, wipe it clean, set it up, put it back in, and then I can shove it right back in between the two tub, the two racks. Um, but I found that to be one of the most helpful things I ever did Perfect. was being able to have an extra shelf in there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like an extra shelf, set of hands. Basically, that's a great idea. I love it. It's it's coming super handy. I also uh, uh, hooks. So again, command hooks. I have two command hooks on the side of one of my armor racks that my small hook, my small cage hook, I kind of just set on there. So I always know where my small cage hook is. Uh, anything that can organize your room so that your stuff goes in yes. the same place. Um, I have, you know, those bar, those magnetic bars they use for knives that you attach to your wall to pull your knives on. Yeah. I have one of those attached to the side of my cart. That's where my feeding uh, tweezers, my feeding tongs go to. I use that at the shop to hold drill bits. Yeah. I slap my feeding tongs on there when I'm done. So they're always right there. I pull them right off of the cart and I can feed from the cart. Uh, oh, I, I, another one I missed. I can't believe I missed this one. A box cutter. I use a box cutter all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And the razor blades themselves to clean glass and do all kinds of things with. That's true. That's be going too. There's, there's always stuff. That's why I like seeing, I like watching some of the uh, YouTube stuff where they go into someone's reptile room. Cause sometimes you see things in someone's reptile room that you're like, Oh man, I never thought about using that. Yep. Whatever that may be. And there's always something in there that you can steal. Uh, I took, I keep a binder for my feeding sheets when I have babies. I only keep up with that stuff for the first like five, six, seven feedings just to make sure that it, everything's eaten four, five, six times in a row before I sell them. So I have these sheets that I made up. My, I made up my own system of how I like my feeding sheets to be, and I put them in a binder. And I bought one of those clear. Uh, you know, like you normally see them on like a door that hold like file folders on the on the door. You can just put them in there, like at doctor's offices. I put that on the wall to hold my binder, so it's in the same place every time. I can find my binder. It's not sitting on taking up space on my cart. It's not in the way. It's on the wall. I can take it out of there, write all my information, throw it back on there. Um, which I guess if you're using the Husbandry Pro app, you can do that. But again, I suck at using apps when it comes to my my snake room because I just don't have time for it. But yeah, anyways. There's lots of fun stuff. There's always lots of fun stuff that you can do with your snake room. Just go visit other people's reptile rooms if they'll let you and see what they do. Um, I want to go through some of the things that got posted over on our Facebook discussion page this week. There were some good ones. Uh, Katie posted one where she stole my hat for school, apparently. I did. I did. It was hat day for school. Um, and I, it was Friday, so I was planning on wearing my zoology club shirt. Anyways, I'm like, well, I can't very well wear a zoology club shirt and not wear a u.s art cat um so it was pretty cool and then i had to put your snake hook on it because i just thought that was cool yeah i'll i'll, so, I'll pull it up soon that was me exhausted after the uh, first week of school in the driveway so chris eaton can can see it if he looks I, at it uh, yeah again uh, uh, that's why i don't have my seatbelt on i'm in my driveway so nobody freak out on me um if anybody if you listen to chris eaton snakes and the fat man you know send thoughts his way um they're better than the thoughts I've sent to him because I've just made fun of him. But uh, I love the guy. I'm going to still make fun of him, though. I but think he, he might be concerned if you didn't, though. Yeah. You know, he's just 
But All you know, these violent frogs. I never knew frogs yeah. were so Nathan, violent. Nathan Hogan posted this of these frogs fucking attacking this guy. Yeah. I mean, like, what are you, like, holy cow. If you walked out and all of a sudden bullfrogs just began attacking you, I'd think the end of days was fucking coming. I what? I, mm. And I'm not even a religious person, but I might that be shit going, happened to maybe me. Maybe that Bible thing is real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I may have been wrong all along. And then you posted a video. Oh, I get that. yeah. Yeah. But no, this one's just like, it's he not, is violent. Like he woke his, up and chose violence. These frogs grab his, this dude's clothes and are just like, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. And he's just standing there laughing. Like, what are y'all doing? Because it's frogs and it's not a pool full of crocodiles. Like, oh like one of them jumps up and gets him by the nuts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's not going to be laughing anymore. This is so rough. Uh, and then I put a tip. I, I posted this one of this tree frog. This woman's trying to feed this tree frog this little tiny moth. One, that <laughs> little tiny moth. She was like, fuck it. And starts eating the woman's finger. Yeah. And like, like all has, these little frogs woke up and that finger. Violent. If you look at the video, that finger is in that frog's stomach at that very oh, point. 100%. Yeah, because it like moves up, boom, yeah. boom, like real fast. He went up to the second knuckle easily. Well, here's a dumpy frog attacking yeah. somebody. Uh, Same thing. Never it's knew like, frogs were so damn violent. Uh, oh, here's the video Robert posted last week of the giant bull snake that we talked about with Bruce caught. That was crazy. Um. Uh, someone with Uwami. We'll have to have him on again. Uh, Travis posted. Oh, we already talked about that last week. He's 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 lacking. We already talked about that gecko last week, Travis. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, oh, this one was funny. I saw our buddy Luke in uh, in Australia. With that, he, you know, he pisses off people with his peeling, peeling skin off of bearded dragons. These are two bearded dragons getting at it. And of course, this person has to comment. She's literally getting raped so you can make profit. Oh my god! So apparently, Luke is now running a sex trafficking ring, based off of that comment of yeah. bearded dragons. Bearded dragons, sex, yeah, it's sex dragons. Spirit dragons. You oh can just leave it at sex trafficking. I mean, they, she looks like she's she's okay with it. I mean, neither one of them seem to be upset that this is going on. <laughs> so, well, the thing is, that, it, that kind of thing that animals never get raped in the wild. So, never. You know. It's, it's only in captivity. Only in captivity. They captivity. Yeah. They're just yeah. assholes in captivity yeah. going around raping each other. Oh, the way people right. put their human emotions on animals. I know. I just, it always amazes me. I'm like, you have no idea about animal like behavior whatsoever, but you're going to make sure you comment on their behavior. Yeah, go watch some blue tongue skinks mate in the wild. Fuck. Watch them yeah, mate exactly. in captivity. They it's rip legs off. Shit. Yeah. No, nature is very kumbaya, guys. Come on. Fuck yeah. Watch leeches breed. Like, that's what yeah, scares me. Everything about, like, in nature right? dies, dies they will silently literally in their kill sleep. each other if they decide right. they don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything in nature dies in its sleep from old age, right? Well, that's, that's what I love. Like, <laughs> no one fucking watches Lion King as a kid and actually realizes, oh, wait, Mufasa died. Scar killed all the kids and raped every mom afterwards. Yes. <laughs> like, that's just, that's nature. Right. He killed all of them. And he didn't really rape them. He killed all the kids. And then all the moms cycled. Yeah. And like, oh, now it's time to have babies again. That's what really happened. And they left out of Lion King. So... Yeah. Shut the fuck up, people. And lions don't become friends with warthogs. Yes, no, they eat, they eat, they eat that motherfucker. Uh, this guy posted twice. Jack and Travis posted this one. It's the white uh, mountain lion cub well, that was born. So they don't know if it's albino or if it's leucistic yet. Um, they haven't been able to get See close enough to the baby to find out. Just uh, walk in. The mom will be the fine with mom's that. Mom's taking care of the baby. She'll be fine. Just so. walk on in. You know what? I mean, if you tell the mom, because it's just like if people. you just go pss, 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 here, kitty, kitty, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> if she comes at you, spray her with a water bottle. <laughs> just spray her with a water bottle. She'll back up. Yeah. 
Speaking of that, you know, that's always the thing in, re- in snake relocation group or the snake ID groups is people who've never actually handled a snake are like, just spray it with a water hose and it'll move on. Yeah, we're in a fucking drought. <laughs> it's going to love that. Dude, the other day I was washing the coils on my air conditioner. And by the time I was done, I probably had a hundred toads around me. Like I had to be careful where I was because they just came out of everywhere because they're like, oh my God, water. We have a constant drip on our back porch from the mm-hmm. air conditioner upstairs. And every night there are toads out there because yeah. it's a water source. They're going to be oh, there. You're going to end up with a snake out there too. Sweet. Um, yeah. Uh, there's some places like out in West Texas, you know, where they deal with this every year and they put drippers in. They just drip water. And it's so that the big animals don't come to that and drink, but all the you know Small smaller stuff, stuff can come there and get water and, and survive. Huh. Uh, I saw this floating around and then Travis posted it. This giraffe that was born that's solid brown. Yep. It's patternless. Yeah. It's well, it's. So I mean, it's that it is patternless, but it's the entire pattern has yes. connected into one one coat. Yeah. So it's not that the light color. Sense. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like it's melanistic, but obviously with the black tail there, they produce melanin. So it's not. It's weird. It's just it's a brown giraffe. Yeah. So our kid just texted me. And she goes, so during lunch today, it started raining and Miss Brown, her principal, announced it over the speaker and everyone got so excited in the cafeteria and went crazy. Because it was raining? Because there was rain. Oh, yeah. But the problem was it rained for like it five rain minutes. It enough. And then it rained five minutes later on. And then it rained five minutes later on. And then and then it was just hot. Yeah. Like I went into the post office and got soaked running in with a package, put it in the bin and came back out. And it was like. Uh, Our building waited 30 well, seconds. At, at least you guys got, got some. We didn't yeah. Even, yeah. even get any over here. Our building had a fire drill today during second period. Do you yeah. want to know what happened during second period? It rained. It fucking rained. Oh. We could have had it almost any other point in the morning. So we had ours we had this rain. morning, but it did not rain. Kids were like, it's raining. I'm like, shut up. It's water. Y'all smell bad. You need it anyways. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, we covered a lot. We talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Brittany has a lot of really cool lizards. If you are a lizard person, you need to talk to Brittany. She has a lot of really cool off the wall. What are some of the things that we didn't do? You, Cause I know you have some other lizards. There's some with a long tail. Don't you have some? She doesn't long... want to share her whole collection with the world. She does. Don't you have, <laughs> some, don't you have something with a long tail? The Colodes maybe. That's probably it. The Colodes have ridiculously long tails. Yeah, they see, have bright red heads. You use stupid words. I don't know what these mean. How do you spell Colodes? Oh. C O C A L O C A. C-A-L-O-T-E-S, I believe. If anybody else can hear our dog, she is very upset that Robert is here and she because she hasn't seen him in a couple weeks because she's been up when he's been here and she he's she's literally laying at the top of our stairs and has been whining for the last 30 minutes or more. Nonstop. Because she can't get to Robert. That's true, the, the, staring at me. The yeah. Colodes, that, that is one. It looks like if an anole and an iguana had a baby. And it had a red yes. head. Yes. Yep. That's a cool looking lizard. What else do you have? They are. Cool? They are really good. And they're super personable too. And very interactive. Like you were talking about the Emerald Tree Skinks. They are always watching what's going on in the room. And then you're not they're just really cool. lizards. We talked about your garter snakes. I know that you are planning on getting another black-ish snake at some point soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. Talked to the state recently. So it looks, so I think it's soon. soon. Awesome. You got rid of all your hog nose, didn't you? No, I oh, haven't, but... Um, they smell yeah, bad, you should. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And now that I'm doing the garter snakes, um, I think I, I want to focus more on, on those guys. Um, so I, I will be selling off some hognose, especially after I sell off all of these babies that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had I had uh, quite a few this year, so 
Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to focus on, uh, for as far as colubrids go, focus on, on garter snakes going forward. I would. Five million people are doing hog noses. Several of them I've yeah. seen get out of hog noses in the last week. Yeah. So that's one thing I want to yeah. talk about. That's one thing I want to talk about real quick. Seeing a bug. This week has been like, so Armageddon. many, so many people bailing on the hobby, and, and and I get it. Sometimes people have to bail because of financial reasons. Something happens, but a lot of these, I think, honestly, just they're not reptile people. They're they're people that got reptiles, and there's this again. We 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 do live in a hobby that's a pyramid scheme. And we sell that pyramid scheme pretty hard. I mean, you go to a show and you see someone at a table with all these animals with price tags on them. And you're like, well, if they've got this. I can do this and I can make this money. But you don't realize they're not really making that much money. Uh, and so people are like, I want to breed. And, and and I was guilty of that. But I've been in the hobby now over 20 years. I, I think I'm past the I just want to breed. I, I enjoy the hobby. But you watch this. These people just mass exodus because they got into it. COVID money. Right. They got into that COVID time and they're like, I can do this. And then they realize uh, this is a lot of work and they're not really reptile people. Like that's fine. I, it's a lot of work, but I'll go clean shit for an hour so I can keep my animals. I, I, you know, from my perspective, building what I build and selling what I sell, it's about every six months I see this new group of faces and they're all telling me the same thing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, man, I haven't seen that guy at a show in a while. And I look him up and I find where he sold all of his animals or she sold all of her animals. And then it's another group and it's another group. But I think you have that in everything. Um, yeah. Every hobby you have that, you have your, your, your core people. I mean, you go to a bird show, you're going to have the people that have been doing birds for years and you're going to have the brand new ones. And you're going to have the ones that are, you know, three or four years in. Same thing with fish. Same thing with everything. Well, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with golf and with. Mm-hmm. Look, my dad is the king of getting into a hobby and really fucking getting into a hobby and then changing to another hobby. I, I the the list of growing up. Uh, at one point, he did like made his own home brew beer. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. Uh, golf was a thing for a while. He did cycling for a while. He rode bikes. Really. Uh, barbecuing for a long time. Uh, like electric bikes. No, no, no like, like bikes. He was he used to be skinny. We'll show oh, you okay. the pictures. Okay. He, yeah, he quit riding a bike and now he's shaped the way he is now. Uh, so he used to ride road bikes like like he did 100 mile rides. Right, right. Um, he got into kayak fishing, which I would still be into if I had room for my kayaks over here. Uh, and now he's into motorcycles, which I think this will actually last because he's just too fucking old at this point to get into something new. And this one. I mean, dude, he wrecked the shit out of one and he went and bought it. And he got back so on new one. definitely so, in it. But I mean, there's a long list. And I know I'm missing some in there. There have been other hobbies in there. So there are tons of people who dive deep into a hobby real quick and then fade out of the hobby. Um, yeah. But for like myself and Brittany, that's just not and Robert. It's, that's not a possibility for us. Like this, this is so much a part it's of who part we of are. Who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even as burned out as I get going to shows and traveling all the time, there was you know there basically the whole month of July that I lost uh, because of the vertigo and stuff. Which actually hit me again today, by the way. Uh, first time in like 10 days. Um, and Rachel was going to shows. I, I kind of missed it. Yeah. And I've enjoyed the last two weekends. Do we have? Yeah, we had Corpus the weekend before. You know, and I've enjoyed being at the shows the last couple of weekends. Um, so it is good to take a break, you know, every once in a while. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it hit me today while I was driving, by the way. I well, that's not good. I say that out loud because I don't want to take my driver's license. 
Um, luckily, I was like a block from my house, and I just kind of closed one eye and focused and made it. In the future, if if you can, I can I'll come get you. Yeah, I know. Uh, I also just realized I need twenty five hundred dollars. Did you know you can buy a a black sailfin dragon for twenty five hundred dollars? There's also? a ton of them on there. I mean, I know nothing about their care other than it's a really big lizard, and they probably need. It's probably like the same care as a like a chameleon or as a caiman lizard, which I can't do either. Right. But uh, this person yeah, holding huge it, huge enclosure. Yeah, this person holding it, it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, Just imagine that on a branch. That's where if I if I had the money, I would build a giant caiman lizard enclosure. Water, huge branches, all the lighting, all the plants. But now that I think about it, next to it, I think I'd probably build a self in dragon enclosure because that would look awesome sitting on a branch also. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, back to the there's been a lot of people getting out of the hobby lately, and uh it's very interesting. And the funny thing when that happens is you find these people that end up buying full collections, and then those people also get out of the <laughs> out of the hobby in a little while too. Yeah. Like some collections have just that's another problem. Some collections just bounce around. Now, a lot of these collections aren't higher quality animals, so it's these lower quality collections that just keep bouncing around hand to hand. Um, but yeah, it's it's just rough to see that that kind of idea the that kind of hobby bouncing when it's animals. Yeah. Right. It's one thing when it's an inanimate object that you can just sell off and if it ends up in somebody's garage, it ends up in someone's garage. But some of these animals, you know, just they bounce around. And sometimes they have a cool thing, one or two cool things in that collection, and they just kind of disappear into the ether and never to be seen again. Yep. So just weird. And you see, I'm sure you see it a lot with like crested geckos because that's a you know, that's a big one. Everybody's like, I'm gonna oh do my this. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if, we- if I if I if I had a dollar for every time I've seen somebody like sell out their collection at a, at a bring like twenty dollar geckos to a show and then sell it out to another vendor and and leave on Saturday after you know Saturday mid morning because you know because if another vendor bought their table out I mean yep. it happens all the time with crested geckos yes it does what are you gonna say I don't remember <laughs> my brain doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, and they were coming to, 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 you know, to do that, to get out of the hobby, bringing every gecko they had, you know, kind of thing. So yeah, mm-hmm. you see that, but then that, like you said, those are not the real reptile people, yeah, um, but- people that are, that are doing it just because they think they're going to make a ton of money are not the people that are going to stick with it for a long time because you have to love this man. It is a lot of work. It really um, is. As you well know, it's, it's, I spend as much time working on animals as I spend working on my job that actually pays me, um, and you're so blessed because of the way your setup is too. I mean, that helps yes, so much yeah. because you're, you do it all in one place. Um, right. Right. I am blessed that I, I get to work from home. So, um, I, that's, that's amazing. So I work, I ha- I rent a, a shop in Pearland, um, because I, I ran out of space in my house for all of my <laughs> many, many reptiles. Um, so I rent a space to keep all my reptiles and I, I get to work from there. So that is absolutely, um, a, a very big benefit from being able, being able to work from home and, I feel yes. very lucky to be in that position, but it's still a lot of work. So you have to absolutely love it. Well, it's just, it's, you're not going to stick with it. It's a shame to see people get into it purely money. And, and in their mind, I think a lot of people get into it, not thinking purely money. They think the animals are cool, but it's definitely money driven when they're like, look at the money I can make. And obviously those people have no business sense. Well, so they don't understand it. Like Todd and Paul, that's Paul Facebook user. Oh, Paul loves these fucking snakes more than anybody. I My God, yes, he does. That dude stresses <laughs> and, out over it. No, but I mean, even like just, uh, you know, letting <laughs> him go to Paul a new home. So I, love, I, love, and I, I, I love that about him. Yes. Um, that, you know, Todd's the same way. Todd oh, yeah. loves those animals. Yeah. And, uh, but 
I, I mean, I, I believe Paul, Paul might shed a little tear when nobody's around after he sells a couple of those snakes, because, <laughs> uh, some of those things are, you know, he, because he gets them so well established. Oh yeah. They're good he, size before he sells he them. He has spent so much time with them. Um, and if everyone was like that, the hobby would be much better. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> that's yeah, kind of, he does. Yeah. I, you know, that's one thing though with, so look with our, with our Herps group that we, we've been with, we know who's really in the hobby and we know who's in it for just for money. And we, and we can kind of, it feels bad. People are like, don't judge a book by its cover and get to know people. But we can see some people come into the hobby and go, yeah, this dude won't be here in a year. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell someone who has been keeping reptiles for a long time and has grown into this whole thing and someone who walked into a reptile show a year ago and went, I can do this. And they went and bought a bunch of stuff, but they don't really have the passion for the animal. They should have the passion for the idea of making money off the animal. There's definitely been a lot of new faces at shows the last few months. Yeah. And their tables are covered in ball pythons and crested geckos. Yeah, it's people who bought with COVID money that are now three years in making babies. Yeah. Um, right. and they're all, you see them sitting there like, and I've talked to a bunch of them. Um, they're like, man, I didn't sell anything this weekend. And I'm like, well, do you want some constructive criticism? You know, get a display, yeah. get a, you know, get a clean tablecloth, get a banner. Um, and you're not, you know, I had to tell even like Paul, this, you may not sell animals at your first two or three shows because people don't know who you are. Yeah. Um, and as he's done more shows, he's selling more animals. Todd's the same way. They, you know, they they've done a few shows now, and the the last one they did with us, they sold several animals. Well, you've got to understand what you have. Mm-hmm. You need to, you need to fully understand what you have. You cannot have a table of lower end animals and be upset. Look, you can have two hundred dollars animals and sell six, seven, eight of them. That happens. Look, sure. There was a show we did next to Todd not that long ago. Mm-hmm. He sold a ton of animals like that. But there may also be a show where he goes to where. He may sell nothing, especially if it's a heavy loaded ball python show mm-hmm. and everyone has like, you've got to find a niche. There has to be something. Um, or you have to be okay knowing that sometimes you're going to go to a show and not sell anything. Like it's not meant to be a business for everybody. It is a hobby. It's meant to be a hobby for the majority of people at a show. So you need to run. If it's a business, you're gonna have to run it completely different, and that's what makes it tough for the people that do it as a business. Um, they understand profits and uh, you know how much they need to make to make that show worth uh, worth going to. Right. And you have to compete against the hobbyists who are happy to break even. Yeah. Like I'm hobbyist. I, I if I go and cover my table cost and maybe my hotel that weekend. Right. I'm happy. And for me, it's exactly the opposite. Yeah. I'm also not selling animals. Um, as my main thing, but if I don't go to a show and make money, I can only do that show a couple times where I have to say, okay, I can't do this show anymore because yeah. uh, I could just stay home and be broke. So I think a lot more people also need to <laughs> jump into this as a so it's funny. You said that um, this past weekend, somebody was like, so what are you going to do? I said, well, if I'm paying this much for air conditioning right now, I'm going to stay home and enjoy it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh- <laughs> well, I got to pay my light bill tomorrow. It was six hundred and thirty-five dollars last month. I'm not That's about where ours. Ours, is. ours is not running much different than that. And we've been putting our air on seventy-four when we leave during the day. Yeah, it's just gross right now, and it's supposed to be like a hundred and five here on Thursday. Yeah. So, anyways, with everyone getting out of the hobby, if more people, more of those people that are bailing right now would have gotten in as a hobby and not thought of this is going to be a business, they'd probably still be in it. They'd have they would have started out with way less animals. They probably would have started out with a different 
type of animal or at least a better quality animal. And they would have been able to sell those few animals. Uh, but again, they, some people jump in with business mindset, but not business funding. <laughs> like it's, this is not something you can start out cheap if you want to actually make money. You just can't. Yeah. Right. Like, let's go back talk about yeah. uh, eclectic reptiles. You need to develop the passion first for this business because it's yeah. a hard, it's not an easy thing to make money at. Nope. You know, we talked about David earlier. He's not buying cheap animals no. to make more animals. Like, right. He's, he's investing. And there's nothing wrong. Some people get invest when they talk about investment animals as a, they kind of look at it as a dirty word. It's not when you're investing in the animal and you really care about the animal. It may be a dirty word when all you are is someone who had money and thought that you could make more money and you're just investing and you're not going to do this long term because you're not, you don't want to clean shit. Right. So yeah, yeah, there's one of the big influencers quote unquote who doesn't touch their animals, their own animals. They have people that do all of it. Yeah. And, uh, I just don't have any respect for that kind of person at all. That's why I watch like Kabilka. He can tell you everything genetically about him. And he's, Bob he started the same way. Yeah. Bob knows every animal that's in that place. You know, those guys, but they also, they, they had some money to invest in the beginning. Like that's, that's the problem is again, you're not them. If you're just getting in it and you're like, I need to buy some cheap animals yeah. and a rack. And you're like, I got $500 to get this started. You're, that's, you know, that you're, is not what they started with. No, <laughs> Bob who did not start with $500. Nope. Bob had a successful career. Yeah. And, so, you know, again, it is okay to get into <laughs> this. He always says disappointed his Vietnamese parents when he told them <laughs> he was going to quit insurance business, corporate world to breed ball pythons. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it is okay to get into this as a hobby. It's okay to stay in this as a hobby. And it's okay to make a little bit of money from your hobby. It's a very there are very few hobbies you can make money from. Sure. Right? Most hobbies cost you. Oh man, I was I've been into hunting forever and I've never It doesn't pay at all. I mean, I say that I was a, you know, I did, I did a lot of guiding and stuff back in the day. You but, get some meat for your freezer, but, but it was never it was never a net gain. There yeah. was never a net positive there. If if you can breed a few snakes and buy a few bags of frats from that yeah. that's a win well, that's so, what i keep telling my people i just need you guys to make enough money to feed them yeah that's our rule mm-hmm. our rule is is the snakes have to pay for themselves yep. and anything else is just laying yeah yep so all right Brittany. if people want to get a hold of you and talk to you about all the really cool lizards you have how can they reach out to you um, i'm on facebook and at reeds racks and then also reeds racks at gmail.com R H A C reads racks. R H A C S. Yeah. S. Yes. Right. So, uh, if you want to reach out to Robert, it is lsreptileracks.com. Get you a rack cage, a boa hide, some acrylic stuff, some signs, uh, pretty much anything you can laser cut or cut with a CNC. Robert's got you covered on that one. If you need stickers, let James know. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's going. Uh, if you need stickers, I've started a sticker business for now. So, did you settle on a name? I'm going with sort of. simply stickers. stickers. Good, you should. I'm going with simply. Maybe stickers. You need to do green and orange as your colors. I don't know. We may do a different color mm-hmm. scheme. I don't know, but it's simply, simply stickers. Yeah, because yeah. my simply impressive photography was different color scheme. And then we had simply bio, and then I said, I just love using the word yeah. simply. Uh, I'm also one uh, as someone who's been doing. I will print anybody's stickers, and I'll print anybody's logo. But I look at a lot of these logos, and I'm like, whoo. It's yep. a very busy logo. Yes. 
had right. somebody send me one the other day. Can you make me a sign out of this? And I responded, Nope. <laughs> it's like I, I literally would have to. They wanted an acrylic. I'm like you realize I'm about to buy like eleven sheets of acrylic to make your one. Sign. Yeah, I'll make you one. But send me a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, you can't because some of that you can't just etch it into a laser into no. clear acrylic. It will be a blur. It won't. Right. There's no definition to it. Right. Brittany's rat. Her her logo is very simple, but also very good. It's one color for the most part, and it's it's it, what is it? it's a foot in your name. Like it's it's very. It's, yeah, it's a it's a crested gecko's foot, yeah. the silhouette of a crested gecko's foot. It's this not was... five pictures of crested geckos on a branch with leaves in the background and the name in some sort of weird font hidden inside the leaves. And this one was five ball pythons intertwined with all their different patterns, and then their name behind it, and then like some leaves and shit. And I was, like, you can do that. I'm like, no, nah, I can't do that. Sorry, but I can make you a sticker. If you that person reach out, I can make you a sticker, but. Simple. It uh, look simple. I, like look how impressive you were talking about uh, David. Doesn't say David. Oh, yeah. Look yeah. how impressive his and his logo is literally just block letters with different color squares yeah. around. Yeah, them. it's like Google. His is basically the so, Google. Exactly, and it's it's almost iconic for our group of people now. You see that you see something that, with the block color letters, and you go eclectic. Like yep, you know, so there uh, is, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. There's crazy. something to Dizzy. be said about simplicity sure. and it's just not right. done anymore. When I had mine created and the guy asked me, what do you want? I said, black and white and simple. I want yep. something that I can cut parts out. I can engrave into things and it's not crazy. And I even hate the little bitty stars that he put in it still. And I've never made a shirt or made a sticker. And Rachel and Katie have done all that. And I know they probably hate the little stars, too. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, I cuss those on a regular basis. Yeah. It's not bad on a shirt. Yeah. But when you're having to make anything smaller than six the inches with those are, little are stars. Nightmare. Yeah. Fuck. So the, yeah, the you helped us, yes. you've helped us put decals on yeah. racks before. Yeah. I, I like my logo. It is... It, it's in the name, but it's just simply separate. And when I had them design it, I had the head kind of designed so it looked like a boa's head. That was my one thing. But they're simple colors that stick out. Green and orange. You can see them from a distance. To me, it looks like a semen. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. But from, from a distance. The whole time I was making that sign, I was like, never going to unsee that now. Thanks. But from a distance, it's very plain. And, and, I'm, and I've thought about doing a banner at some point with pictures of my animals, but I'm not going to put them into the logo. I've seen some people right. where they, they put their logo and then they put some pictures around the edge of the banner yeah. of some good looking animals. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you like. Yeah. Just, just understand that sometimes difficult logos are hard for customers to remember the name. Yes. But I have that mm -hmm. same issue when people and want me to make names. shirts for them. Okay. I can't use every single font you want. Some fonts are easy to read from a distance. Mm -hmm. Some people can't read cursive. Yeah. So you need to consider that. People don't realize too, that a lot of fonts are trademarked. Yes. And when you start putting them on shirts and stickers and yep. shit like that, you get a lot of trouble. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, pretty much every font is, has a, a lot of them are open use, but yeah. you know, the like websites I, that I download them from, I make sure that yep. they're for open use because I have, otherwise I don't need them on my computer. Like I have a couple of sign designs that I've bought a license for mm -hmm. and I can sell a hundred and then I have to buy the license again. Yeah. Well, and when it comes to like, I get it. We're not marketing people, but I've been in the hobby a, a while and I've seen a lot of stuff. I think one thing when it comes to logos, if you want a complicated logo, that's a picture of all stuff, make one. But then also design a simple logo. Yep. That's what Todd and them did. Yeah. Ha have a simple logo for the front of a shirt or for small stickers or for your banner. And if you want to put the big funny, the one with all the stuff on it as a picture on the back of a shirt or when you post things on, that's great. 
but you need a simple logo, simple sticker, or simple uh, thing that someone can tell from a distance. Yeah, Todd had a their their logo's pretty. You know, it's 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 there's a lot to it. There's a lot so to it. And for your banner for your table, make it simple, and he did, and it looks great. Yeah. So, it's All right. after nine. All right, let's go <laughs> again. Reach out to Robert. So sorry. Reach out to Brittany. Uh, don't forget code gumbo22 at VivTech. Go order some bulbs. Get some VivTech bulbs. Uh, we still have a Patreon. Feel free to give us money if you feel like it. Uh, I would appreciate it. Yeah, I just paid 50 bucks for this platform. Yeah, yeah. StreamYard wanted their money, so they got it today. Um, also, I'm missing So this. it might be a free podcast for you to listen to, but it is not a free podcast <laughs> coming out of my bank account. Yeah, and I'm a teacher, and that's $50 I could have spent on books so, in my classroom. Again, if you just want... Be a five dollar <laughs> Patreon member just to help us out. Just okay, two dollars, three dollars, whatever. Uh, and also, Lil's Shop of Horrors. Reach out to them for all your feeder needs. I think that's it. Brittany, thanks for coming on. Hang around for a second as we log off. Uh, everyone else, we will be back next week. Uh, I think we're recording maybe next Wednesday. Okay, is that cool? I think we had yeah, because I have Girl Scouts Tuesday. Yeah, we're recording next Wednesday, but I've got a guest for next Wednesday. It'll be a good one. Uh, so thanks everybody for listening and good night. Bye.